you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesco, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friends Zone. That made me go. Stacy, if you don't get your thing out my face, but that was all I had to say. <laughs> because once I said that, she took off and made a beeline to her dressing room, but I was going to be right behind her because I couldn't take my shoes off that quick. So I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Wait one second, here I come. <laughs> and they was like, no, no, no. It was like, okay, I thought maybe she had wanted to talk to me in private. And I was going to grant her that. <laughs> Single ladies. So what we have this week again is out of the mouths of babes, but in a different way. <laughs> because this week it's an old babe, like the seasoning. And in this case, <laughs> oh, no. it's Lisa Ray, the all-white <laughs> ruler, okay? Who was talking about an experience that she had on set of VH1 Single Ladies with Stacy Dash. Moving right on along. Damn. Um, and she was essentially saying she was going to beat her ass. <laughs> and what I found the most, which aside from that, what I appreciated the most about this <laughs> clip was the fact that she said when she was following behind her to her dressing room to go and follow through with the ass whooping, she said that she to- she was going to, she assumed that Stacy wanted to talk to her in private and she was going to grant her that. Grant her that. I love that line. Grant her that. That's the hashtag this week. Her can be whoever it needs to be. You're going to grant them that. It's about accountability, people, okay? Checks and balances and not the new kind. (laughs) I was so moved by this that I said, you know what? This needs to be the clip of the week. Number one, for Lisa Ray revealing that she, too, you know, might have to whoop some ass every now and then. And number two, because you might have to grant them that every now and then as well. So the hashtag this week, and really every week, is grant her that. This week we're just going to talk about it. <laughs> that being said, and most importantly understood, it's time for the QTNAs. The kind of thoughts this week, kind of not, whatever. First one. Alabama, okay, <laughs> the state, not the group that shakes. They blocked abortion law that was going to go into effect, essentially just like canceling anyone's ability to have Mm -hmm. an abortion in the state. And it was blocked today by U.S. District Judge Myron Thompson, okay, who issued a a preliminary, excuse me, injunction for the law. And shout out to him because I know anybody named Myron Thompson (laughs) then had a baby or two on the way. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Number two. <laughs> Y'all know that's not like a motherfucker that yeah. somebody pray. The minute you said their name the first time, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I, I knew he was down now. I ain't getting caught up out Number there. two. Is it true? And this is just something that I was wondering, okay? Because y'all know that Summer Walker and London on the track are in a relationship, right? Oh, okay. So if Summer Walker and London on the track have a baby, right? <laughs> Here we go. Is it true that the baby is going to be confused on just how fast to move? <laughs> right? Do I go slow or do I go fast? Summer Walker and London on the track. <laughs> Question number three. Yo, Dustin's wow. brain. I'm Raymond. glad that didn't go where I thought it was going to go. I'm yeah, say no, that. no, no. <laughs> Raymond, because it could have. That's know, why yeah, I thought that, it was that's gonna... what I... <laughs> Raymond Santana, okay, of the Exonerated Five, and Delicious from Flavor of Love were spotted on what? date night recently. Now, this is a true fact. Oh, this is it's true. Saying, yeah, this is real. They were spotted on date night together. And so my question is, were they working on date night? Or are they working on the new Netflix documentary, The Central Park Thighs? Oh my God. Delicious. What the fuck was Delicious doing with the one of the goddamn exonerated five on a date? Delicious. But I guess you know what? It's celebration time. And I know if I had just, well, never mind. Oh my <laughs> Delicious. God. It just makes perfect sense. With that being said, and most importantly understood, I'd like to welcome everybody to the Friend Zone this week. It's your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene because no one wants a musty brain. <laughs> Not no. at all. Fran, how are you? I'm amazing. <laughs> how are you doing, Dustin Ross? I'm good. You know, it's raining outside. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. So before we get started, we have to shout out Dallas. Yeah. Dallas, Texas. Thank you to everybody that came out in Dallas. It was an amazing show. Such a fun show. Yes. I love that audience. It was so interactive. So hospitable. So hospitable. Yes. I love that they were jumping into everything yes. we were saying. Yes, they were. To me, the shows are way more fun when the audience, instead of watching you, it's almost like we're all on in stage. Conversation. They were yeah. quiet at the right moments, too. Like, because they were really listening, and then they was, like, having a good-ass time, too, when it came to Especially it. Especially so, that yeah. front row. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> the front row was amazing. Um... <laughs> And like I said, well, not like I said, because this is my first time speaking about it. But <laughs> Dallas showed us a lot of love, and they so did that much. shit the last time we were there too. So yeah. shout out to that city. Yes, and thank. Shout out to Carrie's Corner. Yeah, Carrie's <laughs> Corner. Literally sitting in the corner. In the corner, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and shout out to Jade and Kid for doing their thing, opening for us. Getting grown. It's amazing having getting grown on the road with us. It was that was actually really fucking fun. I was telling them, I'm like, I low key don't want to go on the road without them now. Right, right. <laughs> it's just too didn't fun. that make a world of difference. So much fun, so and they looked fun. beautiful, and their uh, opening act was perfect, of yes, course, because everyone knows Getting Grown is amazing. So, such a great show. Yeah, very, I'm very great excited. Show. San Francisco, you're next up, December seven. Yeah, twelve seven, baby. Twelve seven, we will be there. Don't wait to get your tickets. Please don't. Not two two seven. One two seven. <laughs> <laughs> you can find those at thefriendzonelive.com. Atlanta, we will be there December 14th. You can find those at thefriendzonelive.com. You can can, uh, chill with Getting Grown in the Friend Zone. Um, I think 
the meet and greets are already sold out, from my understanding, yep. on and both I, I, cities. I think I heard uh, Atlanta's close to selling out, too, so. Oh, well, I'm not surprised. So, yeah. Because so they always that's why turn like, Don't up. wait. Right, 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 right. Get that's your some, ass. Some okay. insider information from Alex. Okay. <laughs> so, we just had to take the time out to shout out Dallas, because that really, really, really was fun. And then it was a Dia de los Muertos parade. Yes, it yes. was. And it was also Halloween partying, because yes, that was, like, was. the weekend before Halloween. So. I should have dressed up. I should have wore Halloween costume. I was expecting more people in the audience to be in costumes. So, nah, they I'm glad man. they were not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you I would have been up there tripping like, who, who the fuck <laughs> I'm talking to? Speaking of Halloween costumes, I want to give a special, special shout out to the bartender at, uh, I can't remember the name of the establishment that we went to, but he got upset with us. Oh, please tell this story. And we could not take him sit. The Cliff's Notes version <laughs> is that this bartender got upset with us and we couldn't take him seriously because he was in full clown makeup, like Pennywise from it. <laughs> and he had the the half the wig that started halfway back on his head and oh pumped up and then flipped, like them little Condoleezza, the Condoleezza Rice flips. And he Ooh. was mad and that wig was shaking and he had that makeup on. And I, like me, and shout out to Latroy Davis, Mr. L. Davis on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. Who is so funny. <laughs> we laughed from the depths of our souls, of our feet. That laughter came all the way up from the floor, <laughs> through our bodies and out our mouth. That was one of the fun. I will never forget that because the bartender was so mad. Angry. And he was in a full makeup. He said anyway. the wig was shaking. I couldn't even think of Sorry to that man. Sorry to that man. So I have a black... Actually, it's not a black business. I'm glad. You, I have one ready just in case you didn't have one. It's a business of the week. And the only reason I'm making the exception is because it is an important book for women, especially. Yes. So mm-hmm. sometimes, oh, you know, she's a white Latina. We still going to show her yeah. some love. Mm-hmm. So MSNBC news anchor... Alicia Menendez, who, if you guys remember, I was on her podcast last year, Latina to Latina. Yes, yes. Right. So we have, you know, good camaraderie. She was releasing her first book, which okay. is really exciting. It's titled The Likeability Trap and will be released via HarperCollins on Tuesday, November 5th. All right. Okay. Right? So I actually want to read you some of the inside flap because... She sent me the early copy, like I said, and I started reading it and I was like, okay, we have to let people know about this. Right. So this is what the flap says. Studies show that women are perceived as unlikable when they're asking for a promotion, negotiating a salary or taking credit for a job well done. This minefield is doubly loaded when likability intersects with race, ethnicity, sexual orientation and parental status. Relying on extensive research, in-depth interviews, and moving personal stories, the likability trap delivers an essential analysis of the pressure put on women to be amiable at work, at home, and in the public sphere, and explores the price women pay for internalizing those demands. Rather than advising readers to make themselves likable, Menendez empowers them to question how they perceive themselves and others and discusses how the concept of likability is riddled with cultural bias. Mm. Our demands for likability, she argues, hinders everyone's progress and power. Mm. Come on. And it ties in so beautifully to last week's episode, the Spotify HQ that we did with Dr. Joy. Remember when the young lady was asking about being a black woman, a woman in the office, in the office culture, and just the amazing advice Dr. Joy gave. So I feel like this is a perfect tack on yeah. to that conversation. 
It's going to be released November 5th, but you can already put your pre-orders in. It's available on Audible, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and everywhere that you can buy your books. The Likeability Trap, How to Break Free and Succeed as You Are by Alicia Menendez. Yes. All right. And that's such a good book. Yes. Very good book. I'm so excited. I already Definitely started digging important. in. Stay away from her brothers. <laughs> so you ready to jump into this? <laughs> Be I'm careful. Ready. Be careful around her family, friend. <laughs> Are you I'm glad you're not ready. I want to know who caught that and who didn't. Be careful, dog. <laughs> so, so. I hope you can drop the boat. <laughs> Woo! That was so good. You're so quick. It's insane. Okay. I'm I'm back. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready to do the recap? Oh, yeah. Sure. (laughs) So on last week's episode titled The Friend Zone Live at Spotify HQ featuring Dr. Joy of Therapy for Black Girls. It's a very long title. Where we discussed office culture, specifically 24-7 office culture, which Spotify is. But we were pleasantly surprised when we were at their studios to find out all the ways that they provide services, mental health services and support for their employees. It actually became a pretty ideal place to work out of. We were all trying to figure out where we could apply afterwards. All of you that listened were hitting us up like, I went and applied for Spotify jobs, so that was pretty cool. And thank you to Dr. Joy for her clinical perspective, which reeled in the show, perfectly packaged it. It was the perfect touch. So thankful that she would fly in all the way from Atlanta to join us. That was a special treat. Thankful that you guys enjoyed it. So as always, you had a ton to say. Who stood out to you, Asante? I want to give a shout out to Emmy uh, in the emails. I'm not sure if they wanted their name said because they wanted a couple of other things redacted. So I just nice. want to be on the safe side. Um, the subject is comfort in the workplace. And they said that this episode really resonated with me because Yay. I suffer from depression and anxiety. And with my personality, I tend to work at jobs that are predominantly white. Mm. In the past, that has caused me to work very hard and get very little. Having people who don't deserve to move higher than me get there. Well, I now work for another company and they're amazing. The consumer is definitely important, but the company understands that without their that many employees, they wouldn't be anything. They even have a whole department that's dedicated to making sure employees are enjoying their job. The benefits are great, and it's connected to a wellness center that includes uh, includes a dentist's office, doctor's office, ther- physical therapy, massage therapist, chiropractor, and even a gym. They even have a dietitian, and even an ergonomics department that pretty much makes sure that we're comfortable with the way that we're sitting or typing, Ooh. and just making sure that everything is healthy. And on top of all that, they have something similar to a black student union on site where they have monthly meetings where people of color can come together and fellowship, network, and volunteer in our neighborhoods. Now, I said all that to say that this is the first job that I've ever had where I feel safe and comfortable in the workplace, where I don't feel like the company cares about the consumer more than us. They also have rooms similar to Spotify, and the benefits are incredible. Every company should be like this. They really understand that it starts from the top, and I'm grateful. So I want you to thank you for sharing that because a lot of people maybe don't think that there are jobs like that that exist or many of them. So it's good to hear that somebody else is doing as good as the people up in Spotify. Man. Because uh, they was living large. Imagine was living the bond. productivity 
the le- the levels of productivity if your management is treating you right? that way. And if they make if they're making sure that you're comfortable working, they're not even making sure you're getting work done. Like, are you comfortable working? Right. So then even you think about yourself like, well, like, well, yes, actually, I am comfortable. <laughs> you know what? I'm about to go do some work right now since you asked me that. Thank you. What did you find, friend? Who stood out to you in them SoundCloud streets? So I actually am stepping into the Twitter streets. <laughs> Hello, Dustin. Mm-hmm. So the fine print said Dr. Joy spoke a whole word on Friends on Pod regarding office. Oh, okay, English friend <laughs> regarding office open floor plans. Mm. These spaces absolutely feel like you never have a moment of downtime. We have a couple of privacy rooms that are perpetually occupied because people are trying to get a moment. And then Dr. Joy responded and said, yes, it seems to be an incredibly stressful situation for lots of people. Thank you for listening. And the fine print responded, indeed, that feeling that you never have a moment to yourself is exhausting. Mm. So it was a little bit of a thread (laughs) that I Mm. just read. But I thought, first of all, I love that Dr. Joy was interacting with people on our Twitter and kind of uh, answering questions or following up with anything that people may have had based on that episode. So thank you to Dr. Joy for that that extra. Oh, thank you, Dr. Right. Joy. Right? She's so awesome. She's right. like, the motherfuckers need some help. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever worked on an open floor plan office? Mm-hmm. I never have either, no. but I cannot imagine... Because, of course, you're going to be on each at each other's desks. I mean, we would do that anyways, and we had separate offices. The only time I did is when I was at a call center. Oh, yeah. Like, that's but isn't on- that still, like, cubicles? Well, it was not It was a cheap call center. Mm, and that's okay. why it was so funny, because everybody was just, like, sitting at these tables lined up. Because it was, like, it was made from phone banking, mm. but they were trying to do, like, customer service type stuff, which was so weird and odd, because all you hear is other people talking in the background. But everybody was always hitting mute and going away from their desk. But that's Dead. completely different because of that type of work. Um, well, Dustin, <laughs> who'd you find in the When Twitch you said it was sheet? a ghetto call center, I thought you meant was, they had a bunch of trimline phones. You remember trimline phones? <laughs> trimline, you remember trimline no, phones, friend? It was that slim phone that went down in the cradle with the numbers on oh the hand that you dial in. <laughs> that's and that spiral cord that yes. connected it. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought you it meant when you said it was yeah, a ghetto yeah, call center. It wouldn't be that bad. Ooh, Any I'm about damn way. All right, look up Trimline Phones. (laughs) I want to give a shout out to Ginger Bench uh, at Prudish Nudist, who said that the Chicago teachers' strike signs should probably go down and protest history. And I was down with the signs (laughs) because they were all aimed at Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. One of the signs from the teachers that the teacher was holding up, it said, Lori needs a light foot in her ass. These are the wow. these are the Chicago <laughs> teachers, right? <laughs> yeah. Then they held up a picture of her smiling with the quote, fuck them kids. <laughs> oh, my God. So these Chicago teachers yeah. have got me down right now. You talking about a protest. Um... <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Fuck them kids. So, yeah, hilarious. Um, it was like a yearbook photo. <laughs> had me crying. I want to give another shout out to at uh, I am a felon, which, wow. I, you know, maybe Man. I already imitates life. I don't know. <laughs> um, who tweeted the quote, you heard that new Kanye and accompanied it with the following clip. Nobody trying to hear that bullshit, oh. <laughs> Martin. That's a clip from Martin wow. that he had on loop. Ain't nobody trying to hear that bullshit. Martin was laying down in that bed. Ain't nobody tra- on life. Ain't nobody trying to hear that bullshit, man. <laughs> so shout out to him. You wow. giving me nice. asthma today. I'm like wheezing. <laughs> and that's really all I really wanted to uh, talk about. And that's before all. I go, 
Mm-hmm. I just want to give a shout out to, there's no specific uh, tweet or post that I'm going to give this credit to, but there's a video clip that's been circulating all week of this black lady smoking on the martyr in Atlanta. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I saw Yo, that. When she I tell care. you. She didn't give one fuck. Shorty did not give a damn. When <laughs> I tell you that is the definition of unbothered, it may be ridiculous, <laughs> but it was unbothered in its most pure form. So, you know. I was just sadly revisiting Marta Girl the other day. And mm-hmm. then I thought Google was fucking with me when they suggested that I watch this video of this woman smoking on the train. I was like, y'all just see me it was brilliant. watching videos. It was, she it was really amazing. Didn't care. Didn't she I give didn't a give a fuck. She was so calm. It was low-key goals. Yeah, Meditative very much so. goals. Hey. So anyway. you ready to jump into this week's episode? I think so. Are you I sure? Think, I think so. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. I, I'm, I'm absolutely not sure. But so, I think so. Think so. Think so. Hey, HBCU fam, get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. So we are going to end spooky season because next week is already November, right? Friday. That's crazy, first of all. October literally flew. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, (laughs) hog, moths, chitlins, turkey eggs. Or whatever the fuck she was talking about. Exactly. So we're moving into Thanksgiving. So that means spooky season is over this week. So we're going to end the month the same way we started it, which means crime zone. I know <laughs> the, the X Files music. The X, right? So, so we back in the crime zone again. So we are week, back huh? in the crime zone now. I have to admit, finding a case that topped Natalia Grace was no easy feat. Even as short as she was, because <laughs> it seemed like everything would be above her now. Right. <laughs> I tried, and I, and nothing seemed to fit because it has to be funny. It has to be wild. It has that to bitch be... was so crazy. It ain't no. <laughs> I mean, insane. Now, this story, I won't say that it's funny, even though we're terrible people and you guys will find the funny <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I need real to move here. these mics around. I can already see myself walking out of the room. But this story <laughs> oh, is God. even wilder than Natalia Grace because you know how the Natalia story had maybe two or three twists that had us like, what the fuck? This one, I have like 10 pages of notes because of the amount of twists. So I'm very excited to take you on this journey. They don't know what case it is. They know nothing about the details we're going in this cold. So are you ready to begin? Yeah, hopefully we don't come out of it cold too (laughs) with a toe tag on because that's how I don't know. I'm nervous. I'm so excited. Okay. So let's time travel back to the early 1970s. Last time we were in Indiana, 
but tonight or today rather, because I don't know what time. Why are you it talking is. scary already? Okay, you see, like you're already starting that shit. Are you afraid of the dark? You already starting that shit, friend. That's how you do it. Why tales from the crypt? So tonight we're headed to Pocatello, Idaho. Pocatello, oh, I'm already. I'm leaving now. I'm already leaving. Idaho in the fucking seventies. Idaho in the fucking seventies. Was that when the bag one was out there? Oh, Osho? Wait, he wasn't in no, Idaho. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was Oregon, I think. Okay, so there was another married couple by the name of Bob Broberg and his wife, Mary Ann Broberg. It's Remember always these a Mary names? Ann. <laughs> and a Bob. In Idaho, okay. Mm-hmm. He was a florist. Oh, okay. He owned a flower shop for 40 years. Some flowers next to you. Right? Someone put flowers next to me. And she was a housewife. And they had three lovely daughters. Why were they lovely friends? Because they were just so cute. It was Jan. It was Karen. (laughs) Jan, Karen. And Susan. (laughs) Well, it was the 70s. I was about to say, ain't nobody naming their damn daughter Susan. Susan and Jan, Karen, and Susan. I love y'all, bro. And it was a very traditional household. They were from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. (laughs) Why are you laughing already? Because I always thought the people in them commercials was crazy back in the day. And they saw the commercials, I'd be like... Well, I mean, the story ain't going to help. So, like I said, very traditional household. Uh, They lived in one of those neighborhoods where everyone left their doors unlocked. You know what I mean? Hell no. And everyone... (laughs) (laughs) No, I do not know what you mean. I wish I would so somebody could literally just... (laughs) Come in on me. You, you know, know what I I'm always, saying? I have what to say, hell? I always wondered what that's like. Like, you really have a neighborhood where everyone knows that everyone's door is unlocked. But it's a thing. It is. I just don't know about that thing. Right. So, and everyone was on a first name basis. The kind of home where when the kids would come home from school, mom would be ironing and baking cookies. You ready? You get the picture, right? Bitch ain't had no job. She should have been had that shit done. <laughs> it's 3.30 and you just now getting around to ironing my motherfucking... Go ahead. She had wine to drink. Damn. So in 1972, while singing in the church choir, Marianne, the wife, she noticed a family... That she'd never seen before, sitting in the pews. I, A.K.A. niggers. <laughs> no, they were not. <laughs> Afterwards, she introduced herself and was pleasantly surprised to learn that these were actually her new neighbors that had just moved into town. Obviously, when you live in a town like that, you notice everything. Mm-hmm. Because you know everyone, if a new family's there, you have to say something. Because you're like, whoa, welcome to town. And the new family was Robert and Gail Birchtold and their five children. Who? The Robert, Robert and Gail who? Birchtold. Birchtold a lot. <laughs> I really wish y'all could see their faces. So she went home after church and went and told her family, her her husband, her kids, you know, excited about these wonderful people that hey, she had just met. Here. She described the father as effervescent. The mom was super kind. She was excited that her kids would now have a family of five to play with. And apparently he was also a businessman. Remember that the father of the family that we're focusing on. He mm-hmm. owned a flower shop. Well, this father owned a furniture store. So, you mm. know, so much in common already. So as you can imagine, both families became very close. 
very quickly. <laughs> you already sucking. I'm just waiting, friend. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to hold on to my seat, friend. I'm trying real patient. To, the, trying real to patient. And the Broberg, the dad, patient. the main dad, he even remembers. He shared that one day they came home and they found a beautiful fruit basket that read, We sure enjoy your family, the Birch Tolds. They were so impressed. It just gave you some insight into the level of charm and sharpness, as the dad put it, that the family. <laughs> I really wish. Fran, I'm tuned in, Fran. We, we I'm not even in. at the scary part yet. Okay. So like I said, that gives us a little bit of insight into the charm of the family. So Robert Birch told, right? That's the father. We're going to call him B for the rest of this. Why? Bob? Because that's what his nickname was um, in the files. <laughs> it's already, I have an issue with that. <laughs> Why? Because his name is Robert Birch told. Right. My name is Dustin Ross. You ever heard anybody be like, AR? <laughs> no. I'm already on high alert. So Go they're ahead. calling him B. We're going to call him B. He started driving the kids to school every morning because Who kids? Both, all the kids. Right. His five, so their three. Eight kids in the minivan. They said it was so much fun. This is how close the family had gotten at this point. And he would come by every night for a nightcap with the Brobergs. Remember, they live next mm-hmm, door. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes sense. I probably would do close the same. Close down my business. He closed down his business. Come put my kids to bed. Wine. They put their kids to you bed. You get it. Uh-huh. Very I traditional. Don't, I don't get nothing uh-huh. about it. <laughs> but he was there every night. That's how close they had gotten. Now, the parents noticed that B was showing Jan, the oldest daughter, a some extra attention, but they didn't think anything of it because he was so fatherly and there was nothing sinister about the energy. But they just noticed that he was hanging around her more. And when they would have like excursions and weekend trips, he would only ask for Jan and not the other two kids. And they'd stupid asses with Cinder. Of course, because they felt like at this point, years had passed. This is not like a thing of like weekend, like a couple weeks or months. Years had passed at this point. So they had built that rapport with each other. Nothing had happened. So they, you know, sort of felt that trust. So like, they was okay. like, well, fuck it. Ignore the other kids. Just take her. <laughs> Just take her. Okay. So they are fought. Now they are blood guilty too. Already. So, <laughs> like I said, you know, because it gave second father vibes more than anything, they didn't think much of it. So on a Thursday in October 1974. I'm sorry, Fran, but hold on. <laughs> you mean to tell me they noticed? You noticed this nigga next door that just, well, not just because you said it's been years, but it's you noticed that. It's been two years at this point. Sh- oh, t- it's only been two years? Two years. Fran, think about how fast the past two years have gone by. That's not no time. They took the daughter to Seattle on a family trip, they took her camping. Mind you, she was coming along with his wife and five kids. It's not like it was just him and her or anything Might like that. Might as well be. That's his wife and his kids. <laughs> right. But go ahead, friend. But, you know, the parents noticed. But, like I said, didn't think much of it. Let it slide. He was such a great guy. So charming. Pillar of the community already in, in those tweet. God-fearing man. She is. So, right. on a Thursday morning in October of 1974, two years had passed at this point, B called Marianne and and he asked if he could take Jan horseback riding in American Falls. She hesitated initially being that it was a school night and Jan had piano lessons. 
But she, but Jan insisted and was like, Mom, please. At this point, like I said, she had gone camping, Seattle, tons of other family trips with them. What would horseback riding, how would that be any different? Mm -hmm. So she agreed. The mom agreed because Jan was literally begging, like, please, I want to mm. go horseback riding. He must have threatened to kill the family by this point. You no. know how much shit I begged for and didn't get <laughs> and wanted to do and couldn't do? Would your parents have let you go with a neighbor? Fuck no. <laughs> they, I remember my cousin wanted me to come to California <laughs> for, like, two weeks, and they was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Your own cousin. Hell yeah. I mean, my mom would have been the same. So the mom agreed, but on the condition that Jan would go to school still, and go to her piano lesson, and he would take her horseback riding afterwards. Oh, so she wanted them to go on an evening date. On an evening horseback riding. <laughs> so he agreed, goes and picks her up from piano lessons. The mom also said, make sure you guys are back before the father gets in from the flower shop, which at that point, I believe, closed at 8 or 9. They agreed. So B picks Jan up. He hands her some allergy pills that he said she needed for the stables, you know, just to make sure that she would be okay with the hay and everything. I guess it is the 70s, so I'm going to excuse a lot of this naivete. <laughs> right, because like there's a like lot of it. Real stupid, Jeez. but go ahead. So back at home, <laughs> let's cut back to the house at this point. It's now 9 o'clock. Remember, they had made the pact. Be home by nine latest. How old is Jan, by the way? Jan is 12. This is after the two years passed? So she yes. was 10, not 12? Oh, okay. All mm-hmm. right. Who else went? It's just Jan and B. N- none of his kids. So went. he don't got no daughters? So he got all sons or? Well, no, he only took her. He mm. wanted to take but, her. But as far as riding. his own kids, I'm sorry. I, yes, I'm just he re- does have daughters. Oh, but. On this excursion. On this excursion. You're telling just, me that it was just the two of them. Just the two of them. He wanted to surprise he Jan with a trip to the horseback riding. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So back at home, it's now 9 p.m. I bet the fuck it is. And no one has <laughs> it's been heard. It's been 10 and 11 and 12, too. Well, go ahead. No one has heard from B or Jan. At this point, B's wife, Gail, comes over, worried sick. And the and Marianne and her husband are like, we have to call, we have to bring in law enforcement. I mean, come on, it's been hours. Maybe it was an accident. Something could have happened at the stables, maybe on the way back in the car. But Gail begs them not to involve law enforcement. She's like, that's just going to make things complicated. It's going to make it bigger than it is. You, you know, it's a small town. Whoa, my daughter's fucking missing, and you're going to tell me we're going to make it bigger than it is? It's a small town, and they don't want everyone in the business, just in case that it isn't anything serious. You bring in law enforcement, now suddenly it's a kidnapping case. And it should be. It, it's it's serious once he broke the time. But again, I don't feel no, I don't feel uh, sorry for neither one of them low-down, dirty-ass parents at all. <laughs> Y'all sent your fucking daughter up the river, and I don't give a damn. I don't care. That's what they, it's not what they get. Because sorry to that child, but <laughs> this is fucked up. <laughs> oh my god, I'm wheezing. So they were like, you know what? We're gonna listen to Gail. They didn't call law enforcement. They just they really didn't want to upset Gail. What was the other two daughters' names? Jan and who else? Karen, Karen. and Susan. Where them bitches was at? They was at the house worried sick with the parents. And they didn't tell her to They're younger. Oh see. Jan is the oldest. I would have been hitting my mama's leg, like, don't listen to that bitch <laughs> next door. <laughs> call nine one one. So they had nine one one. Are you back ready? Then, they right? did have nine one one. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> oh God. 
So two days passed. No, friend. And the parents still not wanting to upset Gail. Oh, no. Still not wanting to make a big deal. It's a small town. I'm sorry. No, because that was a Thursday. So at this point, Friday passed, Saturday passed, Sunday passes, Monday passes, and the mom's like, okay, okay, it's Monday. We ha- it's, we have to involve involve law enforcement. They all in point. on it. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, all these motherfuckers is in on it. Well, that's the thing that the story questions: is it naivete, or were they complicit? Who the fuck? My you don't want your. Ooh, I can't even get <laughs> it out. Your it child out. can't even be missing for five minutes, let alone five seconds, okay. let alone five, five days. Days. And they had no GPS or nothing back then, so and if you no can't cell find phones. Them, they exactly. had so if you don't know where he had, then I'm calling the police <laughs> at that point. Back then, so she calls the FBI. Oh, even better. And Agent Pete Walsh is who answers. He gets put on the case. Coach P. He comes over to investigate. And he was kind of confused because when he's asking them questions, he's like, so you're telling me that your neighbor took your daughter to uh, go horseback riding, didn't take anyone else in his family, didn't take anyone else in your family, and they've been gone for five days. And at this point, the parents are still saying that they don't believe that it's anything wrong. They're not shifting the blame on him whatsoever. And he's so confused because he's like, ma'am, your daughter's missing. She's been kidnapped. He literally had to drill this into their minds because the, as the way they saw it was that it could have been an accident and making a ton of excuses for him. They just didn't want that child. That's what it was. They didn't want that child. They probably, <laughs> with five kids, I get it because, like, your water bill goes up. You know what I'm saying? Electricity. No, this is the one with the three. Well, no, oh, excuse me, a family of five, I should say. I get it. You right. know what I'm saying? They just didn't want their child. And sometimes your mother and the oldest daughter have a very combative relationship, so, so you this might have been a twisted take on that. Like, she well. probably resented that girl. So Pete Walsh, That's why she the, named her Jan. the FBI agent, he goes to B's house to interview Gail, the wife. The other B. And through the interrogation, right. she tells them that they have a, they own a motor home. That they keep in a storage unit. Not entirely sure because they didn't give details on how the conversation led her to telling them that, but it did. I mean, it's an FBI agent. So when the FBI go to the unit to check on it, guess what? The motorhome is gone. Is gone. So even with him bringing this information back to the family, they still don't see it as sinister. They think it's a coincidental. They're still not connecting the dots. It's a really, really odd story. So then dispatch contacts Agent Walsh to tell him that the car was located. The motorhome? No, no, no. The car that, that he B left, with. left with Janin. I thought the motherfuckers left on horses. It was 73. <laughs> <laughs> it was found deserted in a literal desert. Windows were busted. Blood was dripping everywhere. But the agent initially thought, oh, shit, something happened. Maybe I did have this wrong and the parents are right. You know, the way because the way it looked was like the windows were busted from the inside. Like they were trying to get out or someone had hurt them, something. But then he saw the motor home tracks leaving 
the car. Oh, so my he God. realized it would be did was to try to set it up and, throw, it the up and throw them off to make it seem like they had been kidnapped because he never in a million years would have thought that they would connect the motorhome tracks to him, right. like owning one. So at this point, Pete Walsh is like, okay, this is fucked up. This is an official kidnapping case. Ain't he the dude from, was it Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> or America's? Walsh. Yeah, um, ain't that him? No, that's it's a not different Pete Walsh. Walsh. It's interesting because they have the same agenda. Mm. So he's not having it. A nationwide search ensues. Mind you guys, weeks pass. I'm talking about three weeks. No word from B, no word from Jan, no contact. Even Gail says she hasn't heard from him. And even after a month out of not hearing anything, everyone is still believing that B is innocent and wouldn't hurt her. The community included. So Pete Walsh is livid. He's just like, what is wrong with these people? Right. They're not helping him in any way. So Was this like a commune? No, it wasn't. It's just a town in Pocatello, Idaho. So he begins his investigation. He interviews B's brother. And B's brother admits that he is a pedophile. B or the brother? B's brother. brother admits that B is a long-term pedophile who had issues with his attraction to children for many years. And then it started with their own little sister. Like he's telling him all these things. The agent is like, okay, you know, connecting the dots, this makes sense. This is why he narrowed in on Jan, why he's, you know, tried to separate her from the family and always taking her. Where was this family coming from? Where did they move to this Idaho town from? Do we know that? No, we don't know that. Oh, so Walsh ain't think to ask these motherfuckers where the fuck they came (laughs) from? I mean, I think it was so much going on. That I don't even, unless maybe the file that I read, I just didn't happen to catch that detail. Um, but like, here's a, how you just move to a new right, town. and it makes right. you wonder like why they what moved, running from, what bitch. they're running from, all those deeper layers. So he interviews the mom. This is where things start getting extra bonkers. Oh God! He interviews the mom. I'm leaving. Jan's they mom. Really daughters. Mary aunt. Mary Ann's, Huh? Jan's mom. Oh, Jan's mom. Jan's I'm just mom. Let you talk. I got, I'm all over this. <laughs> I'm about to be lying out of here. I can feel it. He interviews Jan's mom, and she tells him a story. That one day B asked her to bring him a sandwich to the furniture store because he was starving and it was going to be long hours. He knew she was home. The kids were at school. So she brings him the sandwich. Wait, I'm sorry. I was going to wait. He asked another man's wife. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Just continue. That's it. So she brings it to him. You know, we're neighbors. We're integrated into each other's lives at this point. She didn't think any ill of it at all. When she gets there, she noticed that he's being pretty flirty, touching her leg, complimenting her body, telling her how beautiful she is. And she was saying that, it, you know, she'd been married 12, 13 years at this point. So it was kind of uh, nice. She was hot in the butt. She was hot in the butt. She was kind of, she admitted that it was a nice feeling to have a handsome, charming man. And it was kind of interesting because she said that he was everything her husband wasn't. Including a pedophile (laughs) Right Right Unless Well I'm just gonna We don't know Well there's a lot So Oh no I don't like that response So they end up Having an affair 
during a church trip in the mountains that followed that initial <sighs> furniture store and like you know flirtation so agent walsh is like okay so now we know he's a pedophile now we know he's having an affair with the mother which goes against the pedophilia i mean it's just so many levels so he interviews the dad jan's father hold on so the dad tells a story of a ride they went on one day when b was very stressed out I bet they did go on a ride. I'm about to walk out of here. I can feel it. Or they do whack their peckers in the motorhome <laughs> together. Maybe. And be shared to the husband. He told him, I cannot stand my wife. And he was explaining how their sex life was so terrible. He just needed to be relieved so badly. And he asked him to suck his dick <laughs> to relieve him. And of course, the husband at first was like, whoa, like, this Friends. is a very strange conversation, <laughs> and B tells him, "Come on, it's just kid stuff. Relieve me." Y'all got kids. What you mean is kid stuff? And the dad admits that he proceeded to masturbate him and relieve him. Well, y'all, I'm about to get out of here. This who Tank was talking about. <laughs> this the nigga Tank was talking about right here. And so they begin. A gay affair. A gay affair. Mm-hmm. The nigga so was Agent Walsh, you guys, and this is a true story. So Agent Walsh realizes that this was all part of mm-hmm. B's grooming process. You have the mom having an affair, so you have dirt on her. You have the father not only having an affair, but also his homosexuality. Remember, this is the early 1970s. Mm-hmm. They're in a small town. Mm-hmm. So he's slowly constructing... Everything he needs in order to destroy their family <laughs> and literally have Jan to himself. That part ain't funny, the Jan part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm just so stressed out. Oh, I need you to relieve me. Come on. <laughs> you guys have right, to, like, what the fuck? You guys have to watch this documentary because the way the father was like, and I relieved oh, no. him. <laughs> like that nigga from the Firefest doc that said he was going <laughs> to suck dick for the water. <laughs> Same right, thing. I literally. literally so I mean, you know, <laughs> what, what's this doc on? On Netflix. Child, <laughs> you guys have to watch it. So okay. So then he interviews the daughters, Karen and Susan, Jan's two youngest daughters, and they admit that Jan had told them. Remember that she oh, had gone sister. right. Jan had told them that she had gone to Seattle. She had gone camping. She admits that. Every time she was with the family, she was always so groggy. And them fucking allergy pills. Right. And he would give her vitamins and allergy pills. But she was like, I don't know what it is. But whenever I'm with that family, I'm just always so groggy, so sleepy. Right. In and out of sleep. There was a time where she had woken up and was kind of like, you know, in and out of consciousness. It was a moment where she was lucid and she saw him naked in front of her. And there was another time where she woke up when they were in the tent and her underwear was at her ankles. And she woke up and kind of was like, why, you know, why is, why are my underwear on my ankles? He was like, oh, you were moving around and tossing and turning a lot. Maybe from all the shuffling, you know, they could have ended down there. And she was like, you know, at this point she trusts him. That's like her dad. She's never going to think the farthest thing from her mind is that he would have done that. So she just put them up and went back to sleep. So Agent Walsh is putting this story together and kind of tripping balls at this point. Um, 
He also learns because he goes and interviews the church. He learns from the church that B was reprimanded the year prior by the high council for his involvement with another young girl in the church. They flew him to California to meet with a clinical psychologist to help him overcome his obsession with children. But this is not something that they let the town know. He was obviously still a part of the church and obviously still a part, you know, a pillar of the community. He went on the registry. Right. So it's something that kind of went low on the radar, under the radar. He was probably fucking all him, too. I mean. That's what this sounds like to me. Like, because everybody's just, oh, it's okay about every day. About everything. I mean, it's the eeriest, oddest strangest story just how everyone is so calm and naive and it's hard to wife? understand well we didn't get there yet I'm, that's what I'm waiting on <laughs> I'm not warm I ain't really cause they all do some dumb shit right here, I hate everybody in this everybody. isn't this story. the weirdest story yes ever uh, you have to watch the doc because you have to see their faces while they're telling what did thing. B look like you saw a picture of him mm-hmm. what did he look like friend just like a typical, I mean, I don't know, just glasses, kind of like dirty blonde hair, tall white man. Look like a dad from a sitcom, you mm. know. Mm. So here's the thing. When B so came back. <laughs> Go ahead. When B came back from that trip to Cali visiting the clinical psychologist. Are y'all ready for this? No. You're really not. I don't, I don't even. Oh, God. So B comes back. Remember, we're like backtracking. This is before the kidnapping. The bitch is back. <laughs> and he tells the Broberg's family that he was being treated in California for abuse that he has suffered as a child, which actually is true. He told the father that the clinical psychologist had told him that part of his therapy was spending time alone with their daughters, with the Broberg's daughters. <laughs> What? Because he had to build a relationship with his inner child. And by doing so, it had to be children that weren't necessarily his own, but that he could build that trust and reenact his childhood in healthier ways. What a motherfucking psychopath. And he told the father, listen, if you don't believe me, you can call the clinical psychologist and ask him, you know, this is something that he suggested. And obviously... Jan is perfect, and the father, trusting him, was like, whatever you have to do, this is your treatment, we're here for you, we support you. Yeah, because that dick had him going crazy, that's why. <laughs> I the mean, now we like, know well, that. Shit, I don't give a fuck. Like. And Marianne, the mother, at this point in the documentary, was like, neither, of us, neither one of us was comfortable with him doing it, but it was part of his therapy, and we supported it. I ain't got nothing for that mother and nothing for that father. They are literally pieces of shit. They are. And according to court transcripts, are you ready for this? B slept in Jan's bed four times a week for six months straight and was giving her those allergy pills that we later learned were sleeping pills to make his job a lot easier. And he was staying in her bed up until the day she was taken. So that was the goodbye, friend. The therapy that he needed was sleeping in the bed with Jan, as part of his inner child work. 
This is vile. This is disgusting. This is stupid. I these what kind people, of drugs were these motherfuckers <laughs> doing? Because there had to be uh, some sort of uh, they weren't some substance. I'm they they had you, to they be were doing. Not. He when he was giving them cock because we talking about <laughs> white people. So he was giving cock to the whole goddamn family. I believe he was if he was giving pills. There was something else going on because this is the most ridiculous motherfucking story I have ever heard, and ever. we're not finished, and we're not even we're not. nearly so finished. many things have happened that like the there's no excuse i'm about to go off because <laughs> like do. i cannot take it there's no excuse that this was a long time ago and there wasn't technology and shit these are like as it's basic of red flags that you can fucking get like what do you mean i was letting this motherfucker sleep in the bed with your goddamn daughter in your house and when they were asking the parents now because this is in present time like how did you let this happen and they were like in those times, the idea of a pedophile or molestation Bitch, or rape was just not a thing. Bitch, they the said fuck, those were please. concepts and terms that were just not discussed, not thrown around, had not been developed in psychology, and they were like, now people have language. Let to me give tell these you why things. this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. The motherfucker told y'all that he was going to get therapy for being a pedophile, for whatever the for fuck this abused. abuse and all that shit. So you can't say that these terms didn't exist and there hadn't been this work done. That's why I know that they're full of shit. Right. And I'm so mad my lips just hit the microphone <laughs> thing. That's how, that's how you know I'm mad. But wait, so here's the thing. So now let's travel back to 1974 where B is with Jen. Remember, he kidnapped mm -hmm. her. So we're at this scene now. So Jan wakes up, and she's so groggy. Like she said, obviously, these are sleeping pills. This she's, is while she's... This is now we're at the kidnapping. So this is actual... This is from Jan's experience during Jan's the time experience. that he had. Okay. Yes. So she's in and out of consciousness, trying to stay lucid, can't seem to get it together. She wakes up, and she's in a bed, tied with restraints on her wrists, on her ankles... And then there's a small white box next to her on the bed with a distorted voice speaking to her through it, almost like an alien voice. And she immediately, remember she's 12, immediately believes that she had been abducted by aliens. So the aliens, through this distorted voice coming through the white box, introduced themselves to her as Zeta and Zethra informing her that she's part alien. The aliens tell her she's on a mission and that she needs to let the next male companion that she sees impregnate her because she has to have a child that would save the world and that this has to happen by the time that she turns 16. Sometimes I hate knowing stuff because, like, this is really pissing me off. For real. For real. And this is a this true is pissing story. me off. This is a true story. So she's freaking out, thinking, holy shit. Now, you know, I, I'm part alien. I have this mission. You know, I have to get pregnant. It's the baby's the one that's going to save the world. And then the aliens tell her she ha when she gets up from the bed... The first man she sees, that is who is her partner in the mission. So, of course, when she finally gets out of the restraints, who is it? B's Glenn Close looking ass. It's B. 
So he's all beat up. Obviously, he beat himself up and scuffled. And he's like, oh, my God, are you okay? And she's like, are you okay? And he tells her that they were abducted by aliens at the horse stables. And this was their new reality. You know, he covered up the, mind you, they're in this motor home, but he covered it up in a way, like the windows, because she's disoriented. She doesn't know where she is. She just knows that she woke up. She's in and out of consciousness under the influence of these pills. He totally fucks with her head and makes it seem like they're on another planet and that now they have this new mission. So then gives her the sleeping pills. She goes to sleep. He leaves the motor home. He calls his brother. Remember, his brother already knows what he's like, what he's into. And he tells him that him and Jan are in Mexico and that they're married. Where the age of consent was 12. And so it was legal. And he tells his brother to tell Jan's mom, Marianne, that he needs to get written consent from her that will grant them permission to still be married in the States. And that's the only way that they'll come home. Otherwise, they will never see Jan again. (laughs) Your faces. Is this not the wildest? I'm waiting for justice. He took their daughter. He took their daughter to Mexico and married her while she was drugged. While in her mind, the daughter, she's, she's on, on a, another she's on planet. Uranus. And then on she's half alien on a mission. This is what he, like, I don't even, when I tell you I don't have words. Okay, let's continue. Surprisingly, Marianne said no. I was actually surprised. I was like, oh, okay. Finally, she stood her ground. Is that because she wanted to keep her own affair? I mean, I don't know. So the brother... He's like, okay, well, we have to think of another way to get them here. Because if you don't give them the paperwork, he's literally going to disappear with this child in Mexico. So the brother agrees to work in tandem with the FBI, with Agent Mm -hmm. Walsh. And they tap his phone so that the next time B calls, they can locate him. And that's exactly what happened. They figured out what they were staying, located them. Found the motorhome, raided it, and threw them in a Mexican prison. Threw who? Both of them, Jan and B, into a Mexican prison. At the prison, B gives his gold ring to one of the guards and convinces him to bring her to his cell. The guard agrees. There, B tells her that Zeta and Zethra came to him. Remember, these were the aliens. And had a message for her that she couldn't talk about four things. She couldn't talk about the aliens themselves, Zayda and Zethra. She could tell no one about the mission of the baby that's going to save the world. Could not tell anybody about the pills. He called them the relaxation pills. And could not tell anyone about the sexual experiences that they had. Or else the mission to save the planet would be destroyed. Apparently, Zayda and Zethra also passed on the message that her youngest sister, Karen, would be blinded, the dad would be vaporized, and her sister, Susan, would be kidnapped in her place to complete the mission if Jan doesn't, because she was half alien, too. 
B also told her to minimize all contact with any men, including her father. Of course, Jan was mortified because she's like, okay, we have to complete this mission, whatever I have to do. Bob and Jan flew to Mexico to pick her up. They were distraught, you know, but so thankful that they finally figured out where she was, mortified about what had happened with B in the mission. I'm sorry, mortified about what had happened to B. And then guess what happens? Jan is completely emotionally unavailable. She, like, doesn't want the father, because remember, he mm-hmm, instructed, away. Mm-hmm. doesn't talk to the father. She's like, don't touch me, not talking to him. When they got on the plane, she didn't want to be anywhere near him, just stop talking to him, cut him off completely. Completely emotional, emotionally unavailable to the family as a whole, because all she kept thinking about was, how are we going to get B back to the States or me back to Mexico so that we can have this baby that's going to save the world? And it com- and her sisters at this point, when they were recounting the story, they said that she was literally like sh- like hollow, like not even a person because she couldn't think about anything else. But she also couldn't tell them what it was. So they noticed she was obsessing over something, but they just didn't know what it was. This wow. is really pissing me the fuck off. This is awful, man. So B was brought back to the United States. He appeared before a grand jury. They indicted him on kidnapping charges. That's it. And life went back to normal. Like I said, she was emotionally separated from her family and in fear that the mission would not be accomplished. Now, Agent Walsh said they were told strictly to stay away from the birch tolls, but they did not listen. Gail came over one night and asked them to drop all charges against B and to sign affidavits that read, my daughter was not taken by force or against her will and explaining that they had given him consent to take her to Mexico. And Gail explained that if they didn't sign this and if they didn't drop the charges, the father's homosexuality would be exposed. Damn. The father, in fear of that, and the mother, in fear of that, signed the affidavits. And so all charges... So these are... So this is where I hop off the train. train, train, train. With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, you'll get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. From step-by-step recipes to pre-measured ingredients, HelloFresh gives you everything you need to get a wow-worthy dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. So you can finally say goodbye to endless grocery store trips and takeout food. HelloFresh offers something for everyone, from family recipes to calorie smart and vegetarian, and fun menu items like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. And it's so flexible. Easily change your delivery days, food preferences, and skip a week whenever you need. Or you can even add extra meals to your weekly order and get as much yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough as you want. HelloFresh is very efficient. It comes straight to your door. The ingredients are fresh. I I mean, and 
Well, I won't say Can that because I, I guess we can't. But what I will say is that the meals are actually good. The Very fla- good. Everything is flavorful, and they don't skimp on adding flavor from the certain ingredients that they do. So I like HelloFresh. Can I just randomly say, not only is that food good as hell, but if you can't cook, it makes you look like you are a culinary genius. <laughs> it really It does. looks bomb as hell. <laughs> so for 80 bucks off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash FriendZone80 and enter code FriendZone80. That's like receiving eight meals free when you go to HelloFresh.com slash FriendZone80 and enter code FriendZone80. If there was any semblance of any sort of empathy within me for them as as parents experiencing this loss or experiencing this detachment, I don't feel nothing. Nothing. At this point, their pride overruled their natural affection for their child. And that's where Agent Walsh was in the documentary. When I tell you he's livid, even just retelling it, he's like, I spent so many hours on this case away from my own family, away from my own children, so concerned for this child's life and for them to stomp all over the months of work we finally located him. We finally got the case against him. Finally had him in front of a grand jury because they wanted to cover their asses. I hate people. I fucking hate people. They this is why, right They let this man here. go back on the street just so that the town wouldn't think that the father was a homosexual. Mind you, anyway. Oh, okay. So wow. what happens next, friend? <laughs> When does Jan? When do they die? Does anybody who dies first? Is now everybody still alive? Die? Never mind. I guess that's asking for the end. Right. Oh my God! Spray the whole house. So Birchtoe's free now. Okay. So he moves to Utah. That's where his brother lives. His brother has a car dealership. So Birchtoe goes and works with him. I'm over the brother too now. At this right. Point. right, he's kind of waiting for things to cool down back home. But he does cool come down. back home on the weekend still, and still attends the church. the ch- The town was extremely supportive, hoping things would pass, as they explained, and patting him on the back at church and telling oh him that it had to just be a misunderstanding. Oh God! They knew that things would be cleared up because, you know, he's a family man a businessman and the tie and the town was tightly knit so jan wakes up one night in the middle of the night sorry wakes up one night in the middle of the night (laughs) (laughs) and the white box is on her bed again oh god reminding her that she has to complete this mission and when she looks up birch told is in her bedroom and he's telling her you have to do this before you're 16. It's the mission. It's the child. It's the one that's going to save the world. You know, he's like begging her, do not forget the importance of this. The next morning, Jan breaks down and tells her mom she loves him. She wants to marry him. She has to have his children. Remember, she can't tell them the mission. So this is her way of aligning with the mission without exactly telling them about oh the mission. He's sending her love letters at school. He's sliding at school. at school, like in her locker. She's finding them on her window, all over. He's like totally oh seducing her. Um, and Birch told randomly calls Marianne, the mom, and tells her that he loves her and wants to be with her. The mother or Jan? 
he's telling the mother the, he wants to be with. Yeah, he's telling the mom that, that he, he wants to be with the mother. Or the Jane. mother. Also, oh, he called the mother randomly. Was like, "Bitch, I still want you. I still want you." Okay, Point like don't get it fucked up, right? After the daughter has already told the mother that, that she's, she's mm-hmm. in love with him, because I guess he knew like that if they're having that convo, I still have to keep this this His uh, base cover right. This dialogue open with the mom. So of course the mom's like, so why are you trying to marry Jan if you're talking to me about loving me? And he's like, you know, I'll explain in person. I don't want to talk about it over the phone. So he asks <sighs> if she could come to Utah to see him so that they can talk about all of this and just square it away. And the mom agrees. She goes to Utah and they reignite their affair. Gross. They can both suck it and go to hell. While the mom is in Utah, guess what Birch told us? He calls the husband. And says, I miss you. No, and tells him where the mom is. I'm fucking your wife. Right. Wow. So he's still moving through this plan of destruction. Oh, my God. uh, Friend. So their marriage begins to crumble, obviously, because the husband's like, what the fuck is going on? And he divorces her. He oh, files so. for divorce. Sorry. Files so, for divorce. So he was jealous. Okay. So after everything <laughs> that has happened, right? right? The the straw that breaks the camel's back, these these are the most <laughs> narcissistic psychopaths I Ooh. have ever seen in my fucking life. I can't even believe these people are even telling this story. I agree. Like, I, they still don't get it. And they asked the daughter, now she's an adult, why would you guys even put this out as a documentary? And she was like, as Jan, cra- one of the- Jan, as she was like, as crazy as it sounds, I know that it will save somebody's life for us to share our truth. Yeah, that's true. Because you just never know who is going through this exact thing or something like it. Especially about hearing how he mani- went about manipulating the families and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's important to hear stuff like that. Right. Like, it's awful that somebody would do the, go through the lengths it's to do something so fucking disgusting. To be honest, when I first watched the Ugh. documentary last year, and I mentioned it on this show, because mm. I was like, NXD watched it. And Jade watched it. I was telling everybody, like, you got someone has to watch this. Like, someone has to see what I saw because I could not believe what I had just heard. I cannot believe that this is a true story. A true story. And and we're not even done. I'm done. <laughs> okay, I've been done. Fuck so, this family. So the fa- like the father files well, for divorce. That's what the problem no, was. No. <laughs> but the mom was distraught. She was subpoenaed and everything. They wanted her out of the fucking house because according to the father, the child, the children's safety. <laughs> I really wish y'all could I see the like- camera. The children's safety was threatened by her relationship with B. Friend, if you... Never mind. Oh! I'm just gonna wait. So I, he I, told I, her until you end the affair, you know, and she was like, well, I'm, I have to save my marriage. She went and met with her pastor and he was like the only way this is going to be fixed is if you cut the cancer b is the cancer apparently it took this for him to be the cancer so she's like you're right ends the affair shows up to the house tells the husband i i cannot do this without you i do not want to do this without you what, they hug. Fuck b? 
So she wanted a threesome? No, no, no. She's telling her husband. Right. She can't fuck B without him. <laughs> she needs him in the bed. Is that what she was saying? So what they he... hug and kiss and cry. And the husband was like, forget it. I will not divorce you. We are going to figure this out. This is why you don't leave your door unlocked right he here. Was fucking B. So another year passes. Oh, God. Where is Jan? She's home with so them. So is she 14 now? Is she pregnant? Yeah. No, not yet. So B buys a family fun center in Wyoming. <laughs> I can't, like... He's in Wyoming chilling. He has enough money he's made family, from the car dealership. Family. Mm-hmm. Children. Family It's fun a water center. park, yep. So Jan finds out about it. they wear not a lot of clothes. Right. This is so fucking sick and twisted. Jan begs her parents to let her go work there for the summer. And her parents are looking at her like, are you fucking nuts? After all we've been through. Oh, really? You think that we're going to let you go? I think they would let her go. And they did let her go. Of course, of course they, they did. Let her go. Uh, with their stupid asses. So she stayed there for two weeks. Then when she was due to come back home, she came back home, but she was miserable. Angry. As she explains it, that the mission had still not been completed. And Birch told, panicking at this point, because she's going to turn 16 relatively soon, calls the mom telling her, I want her back. If you don't bring her back, I'm going to kidnap her again and take her to Africa. (laughs) (laughs) That was the last straw. All right, bitch. (laughs) If you don't do it this time, I'm bringing on the niggas. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, like. He's like, where no one would ever find her. Mm-hmm. Marianne was like, no, that's what you're not going to do. She's tells Jan, don't even think about it. You're not going back. So Jan escapes. They find a note on the bed that was clearly written by B because a 13-year-old would not write that way. And B's calling, calls the mom the next morning saying, yeah, Jan called me and told me she ran away. And the mom's like, is she with you? He's like, no, I have no idea where she went. I'm worried sick. He told her um, that she told him she was like time passes at this point. Weeks pass. Nobody knows where it is. He tells her that Jan called him and she's prostituting, selling dope and making her money hard. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait. <laughs> what? 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 She's prostituting, selling dope and making, making her money, money hard. hard. That's exactly what he told the mom. The mom was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to sleep. I've never... <laughs> I think, let me, I don't want to say too much, but, you know, I've just never seen more people that deserved death <laughs> in my life. He called daily for three months. To make it seem like he wasn't with Marianne, her. have you heard from Jan? I just got through talking to Jan, and he'll tell her all these things. The FBI finally got involved again. You know, Agent Walsh was pissed. I wouldn't have helped. They had I to. I just thrown him all in jail instantly. He's livid at this point. Like, how fucking 
stupid can you be? This is beyond stupid. This is like y'all want this type of shit. You're complicit. Ha- y'all don't care about your daughter. Like why did like, CPS you take the other kid? A y'all 13 year old. Y'all do not care about your daughter. You don't care about none of your kids, but especially Jan. Y'all don't give a fuck. <sighs> So they trace his motorhome through these calls. The same motorhome? The same motorhome. He's in Salt Lake City. They file, they put surveillance though. They don't raid him this time. They just want to see if Jan is somewhere because they didn't see her at the motorhome. They see him at a payphone with a phone book making a phone call. When he leaves the the payphone, they go and look at the phone book and notice a number for an all-girls school, a oh, Catholic God. school in California, in Pasadena. <sighs> he had told the nuns at this school that he was a CIA agent. Oh, my God. And that Jan was his daughter, and they had just escaped Lebanon. Because <laughs> at that time, it was the Lebanon crisis. Her mother had been killed, and there were a lot of operatives that were looking for them. And if anyone came looking for her, to not tell them that she was there. If anyone called, especially FBI, they were like, you have to understand how sensitive this mission is. He totally played the nuns as well. He's like a master manipulator, I'm guessing, because he had every single person fooled. Not me. (laughs) So they finally... The FBI finally gets through to the nuns and finds out that she's there. He had enrolled her into the school. Finally, he's arrested for violation, for violating his federal probation, but also for uh, impersonating a CIA agent. That's what they were able to get him on. And Jan was sent back home. Bob's flower shop was burned down to the ground. Apparently, Birch told, while in jail, convinced two of his inmates that were being released soon to burn it down. There was evidence there. Huh? There was some sort of evidence there. He no, wanted he just wanted, money. Or he just wanted to make them suffer mm. and let them know that even though he was behind oh, bars. He had the furniture shop, not the um, flower shop. Yeah. Birch the flower told shop had Jan's the dad. Yeah. yeah. It was his way of letting them know, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you hell mm-hmm. for you putting me behind bars. So somehow he beat all the charges. Wow. Still. And was acquitted. He impersonated his own lawyer. <laughs> Actually, he was his own lawyer and of course he was. Master manipulated even the judge. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder, like, what the fuck? Is this the town or is it this dude? He was sent to a mental health facility and released in six months. She went off to theater Probably school. Started working them all too in the health in the facility, right? Fucking nurses and doctors and shit. Some time passes. They hadn't really been in contact because you know she's getting a little bit older, and she said she feels like the older she was getting, he was like kind of slightly starting to lose interest. Because remember, pedophiles like you at a certain age. Mm. So she went off to theater school and met a boy she liked. She remembers when the boy bought her ice cream, and she literally had a meltdown. Meltdown at the oh, boy man. buying her ice That's cream. That's not funny, but ice cream and meltdown is funny because <laughs> ice cream melts. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. And remember, she has this meltdown because remember Zeta and Zethra, the aliens, had told her that as part of the mission, she could not involve herself with any men. So him bringing her ice cream, she's freaking the fuck out. But she still ate that, ate that butter. <laughs> <laughs> 
calls her mom crying, saying, Mom, something bad is going to happen. And the mom tells her, you know, the dogs were really sick today. And she's, like, freaking out. Like, look, I killed the fucking dogs, Zeta and Zethra. Oh, my God. She felt it was punishment for disobeying the mission. But then the mom called the next morning, like, just wanted to let you know that the dogs are fine. So that's where the veil kind of started to come undone with Jan when she started realizing, hold on. I've been had. Is this a lie? Because Are they even the real? Dogs. Wow. That was, I mean, she was young. You I mean, know? yeah. 14. I know it's sad that he would manipulate her to this point. So more time passes. It's the night before her 16th birthday. She thinks that she's going to vaporize. She can't sleep. She decides that she's going to buy a gun to kill herself. And kill her sister because remember they said if she doesn't complete the mission, her sister will be in her place. In her place. So she decides this so that the aliens wouldn't hurt them. But when she wakes up the next morning, she's still alive. Everyone's fine. Nothing changed in the house. So she realizes and on the morning of her 16th birthday that all of this shit was a lie. And that he had had this hold on her this whole time. Can you believe that? So that night, she finally told the family everything. It don't matter. Them dumb, heinous individuals that were in that household with her, it's of no consequence if she shares this information. It don't matter. The mama and the daddy still going to bust down Tatiana as soon as they see B. And that's just what it is. They don't. They probably don't even give a damn about... Um, the Zetas and the Deltas or whoever he said the uh <laughs> Zetas the, uh, Zeta and Zethra. The, yeah, them hoes. They don't <laughs> they don't give a fuck about that. They probably gonna think she lying. No, they believed her. She told them everything about Mexico, about the sexual encounters, about the fake mission, everything about the horse stables, the sleeping pills, and they were in disbelief. Cause it took it it took them to that conversation to understand who B really was. Wow. Because this whole time... It took that. It took that. This whole time, first, the them and the last. town were still holding him down. So, in 2003, Marianne... 2003? Jan's mom, she wrote a book about it. 30 years later. She wrote a book about it. They've been doing speaking events around the country... Netflix documentary titled Abducted in Plain Sight, which is the one that I watched. I remember this You remember now. me talking yeah, about it. This is that story? This is that story. Wow. Birch told came to one of the speaking events, and her security... Beat his ass. She had, Let you know, you've heard of BACA, Bikers Against Child Abuse. They were her security. They beat his they ass. They recognized him. They were like, holy shit, he's here. So, of course, they went to attack him, and he ran one of them over. Uh, didn't die, but got, you know, severely injured. And oh when the cops God. stopped him, he had a gun on him. So he was sentenced to jail for aggravated assault and for no. carrying, what is it, the weapon? What's Conceal the case? Concealed. Mm -hmm. uh, right. So he was going to go to jail, jail at this point. That's what it took, him running over the Baca person. And so he told the brother the night when he was sent before he was sentenced, I'm not going to jail. And he killed himself. Just a just a straight up. I hate how this bitch. story ended. So nobody else got to touch him. Just a nope. straight up bitch. Couldn't even fucking stand up to what he had to do. He drank 
a bottle of his heart pills and some Kahlua with milk. Pussy. And killed himself. Uh, what a disgusting and that's fucking how it individual. Ended. I'm glad he's gone, but that's super So now disgusting. the mother and the father. So in 2003, Marianne. 2003? Jan's mom, she wrote a book about it. 30 years later. She wrote a book about it. They've been doing speaking events around the country. Netflix documentary titled Abducted in Plain Sight, which is the one that I watched. I remember this You remember now. me talking yeah, about it. this is that story? This is that story. Wow. Birch told came to one of the speaking events, and her security beat his ass. She had Let you know you've heard of Baca Bikers Against Child Abuse. They were her security. They beat his. They ass. recognized him. They were like, "Holy shit, he's here!" So of course they went to attack him, and he ran one of them over. Uh, didn't die, but got you know severely injured. And oh when the cops God. stopped him, he had a gun on him. So he was sentenced to jail for aggravated assault and for no. carrying what is it? The weapon? What's the Concealed case? Concealed, or, mm-hmm. uh, right? So he was gonna go to jail. Jail at this point. That's what it took him running over the Baca person. And so he told the brother the night when he was sent before he was sentenced, "I'm not going to jail," and he killed himself. <sighs> Just a just a straight up. I hate how this bitch. story ended. So nobody else got to touch him. Just a nope. straight up bitch. Couldn't even fucking stand up to what he had to do. He drank a bottle of his heart pills and some Kahlua with milk. Pussy. And killed himself. Uh, what a disgusting and that's fucking how it individual. Ended. I'm glad he's gone, but that's super so fucking now disgusting. the mother and the father are where and doing what? The family is together. Jan has forgiven them all. Mm. She feels that they were just so naive. They really just had no idea. They never in a million years would have imagined that someone would be capable of these things. They just could not believe it. Even after they were all fucking them. Even Even after after they went back and fucked them again. Mm -hmm. Even after all of that. That is the most... I, when I tell you she got the sorriest motherfucking mammy and sorriest daddy, that bitch that sat up there and shit her out and shit the mother. But two they're touring out. together. They're doing speaking so around so the country. Fucking sorry, and I hope that the bus turns over. <laughs> they all deserve to go except for Jan. Bye. All of and them. Jan is now an actress. We saw she her. Been an actress. We saw her on an episode of Frankie and Grace. Oh my god. <laughs> what I know for sure is I'm never moving to Idaho, okay? I don't have to go to Utah, which I knew after watching Love and Lockup or Love After Lockup and seeing um the black people in their hair and stuff. I don't need to go to Utah. <laughs> I don't want to be anywhere that anybody connected to the Pasadena, California side to that city, that <laughs> municipality. I don't want to be anywhere connected to anybody that was in this story. Is this not the craziest story from the aliens to the parents all fucking him? Like, I can, I don't know that. It, like I said, it was it was hard to find something like Natalia Grace. Obviously, this one wasn't funny, but this was a wild ride. What happened to the other wife? Gail, mm-hmm. they never mentioned her. I don't know what happened to Gail. 
They she probably told they ass it was some aliens too, and y'all better not mention me in that documentary. Because <laughs> after a while, they just don't mention her in the doc. I, I read articles, looked up files, and it was like she just kind of disappeared. I'm glad Jan could find her healing and be you know okay enough to do this tour with her mom, but I still want her mama like to pass away. Really? I, yes, her mama and her daddy. I'm so sorry they both got. But she go. forgives them. I'm glad she can. I'm glad she's powerful enough to do that, but I cannot. I cannot. Like, that is terrible. They, they literally do not deserve they, It's terrible that they both fucked up, you know, their own marriage by cheating on each other with this nigga and then, like, using all this shit with their child in the middle of it. Like, it's all fucking terrible. I don't give a fuck about their goddamn marriage. I don't give a fuck about nothing between them. They literally sold their daughter down the river multiple fucking times. Over and, and over, over and, and over, over and over again. Fuck their marriage. Fuck them. They sold their daughter over and over and over and over again. And I just don't understand. I know that if there ever was a scenario where you could have a return policy for parents, she needs it. Okay? <laughs> she needs to have the terms and conditions. They ruined her. And first of all, they named her Jan, which was the first L she took. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then they let her go ride horses with the fucking weirdo, creepy next-door neighbor who ended up taking her ass. And telling her that aliens were going to abduct her. The more I even talk about it, the more stupid I feel. Right. So I don't even want to discuss, like, these details. This is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard in my life. And Netflix, I love Netflix because I would love to work. <laughs> oh, my God. But they ought to be ashamed of themselves for even making this goddamn documentary. Because I don't give a fuck what nobody say about, oh, you, need, you know, you hear certain things that will help you. You know, this may help somebody. Fuck that. Certain information is just dangerous. Right. People just don't need to know that somebody did this shit. In there's a eyes. lot of other weirdos, okay, who will pass, a, I guess, pass the child to the left and tell, we got oh the kid. God. We got the kid and you can oh. have our kid. That's what was going on. I just hate the fact that the mom decided to come out with this book years later and capitalize off of it. Exactly. Because it's like... Yeah, that surprised me that she was the one that authored it. Like, it's hard for me to wrap around, wrap my head around them going on tour together, but the fact that, like, bitch, you put out a book? Like, your stupid fucking ass did stupid shit over and over again, and now you want to capitalize off of a fucking book? Like, you think she's being an opportunist? I, unfortunately, I feel like she's a little too simple for that, so maybe not. But at the same time, it's like, what else is there? Like, She's selfish. Like, from Jan's point of view, I can understand her wanting to tell the story because this could happen to someone else. But from shit. the mom's point of view, you should be overly ashamed of yourself, and you should just sift away. should be embarrassed. I mean, 100,000%. Even the kids that wasn't involved, I know they're looking like, I can't By believe proxy. this is mine. <laughs> like, I can't believe my parents were this simple. Like, the society looks at the fact that I had stupid-ass parents. Because what the fuck doc. was CPS like back then? I, I wondered that too right? And I think the hardest part When watching the documentary Was seeing how emotionally damaged They all still very much are <laughs> They're all crying While they're retelling the story And this is years mm -hmm. later Obviously that was in 1972 They're mm -hmm. still crying As if it happened today I want to pin the mama down and, and hold her Actually make her stand up Tie her wrists above her head and just put lighters in her underarms. Oh my God. That's what that I want to do. So I just want to singe. <laughs> I want to singe her fucking underarms, <laughs> man. And the soles of her feet, too. That's what I want to do. And so this is the story of Jan Broberg in Pocatello, Idaho. Imagine, Already. Imagine you made me Pocatello, look her up. Idaho. <laughs> I had to look her up just because I wanted to know what kind of actress she became. And there are credits here. That's what was And she's a working actress. I mean, the girl has been going. You know, she even she had a little role on going. Iron Man 3. 
dream oh, wow. catchers, nice. like she was dream on TV catchers. <laughs> like all sorts of shit. Like the Book of Mormon movie. See, nice. was she an alien? Is she in a new alien? <laughs> no, but you know what she was in. This is not funny. All right. In the cell so phone. I'm not going to do a wellness segment <laughs> because I've spoken enough. Can I just really quickly say, in hindsight, I realized how inappropriate Hi. the other part. See, 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 see. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. So we are going to jump into this week's music, man. Please take it away. Woo! Well, what a wild episode of the Friend Zone this has been this week. And Mm. with that said, it's been a wild week in music releases. Um, There have been a lot of things that have come out, so I'm just going to shout out some of the things that have been released. I haven't had a chance to listen to everything in its entirety, but these are some of the things that I want to listen to. Gallant has dropped his project, Sweet Aww, Insomnia. Nice. Have you been checking out Gallant lately? I love Gallant. I've always loved the Mitsubishi Gallant. When it comes to like a four-door family car, it's got a little sporty edge. I've always felt like that was a good option. Well, I like that car as well. But as for the singer, okay, mm-hmm. Gallant recently put out a music video. Um, I'm trying to look it up right now. It's, it's for the song. Fashion label. You said what? Are you what? wearing? Uh, oh, spring 2020 Galant and uh, oh, YSL The Galant looks really nice on you tonight. Or, uh, anyway. Pri- uh, never mind. <laughs> I was about to say something super problematic. Galant, <laughs> don't be me shit. Uh, Galant dropped us a, a single a couple months ago called Sleep On It. And for the video... <laughs> and I get back, get you when I'm on <laughs> You keep on... Sorry. Um... But in the video, it's really funny because Genuine is in the video. Wow, okay. <laughs> and it's so weird because I, when I watched this video, I remember watching it a month ago, and I was like, what the hell is Genuine doing? Is he, is he singing sing? on it? <laughs> Look, same questions I had. No, he's just like, well, he's not an interest. He's just in, like an actor in the video. An he's interest. Yeah, I was going to say an interest, but I guess he wasn't Galant's love interest. Genuine ain't all, ain't all old and broke down looking. Like, no, he's still got no, it. No, you yeah. know what I'm saying? He's part of that, you know, good preserved collection. He's going to be the next one, like Flavor Flav, <laughs> having a baby old and a motherfucker. Because Genuine's still fucking. That would, I would, <laughs> oh the music God. he made and yeah. pr- probably continues to make somewhere, that would not surprise me. <laughs> but yes. a whole lot. Uh, Galant dropped his project, Sweet Insomnia. Um, Again, this is the list of things I have not been able to complete, but uh, I mentioned one of the songs I got to listen to on that project. Um, Moving right along, Xavier Omar sang a Moments Spent Loving You. It's fire, too. Uh, The moments I've spent listening to this project. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was so overdue for me Mm -hmm. and for him, honestly, to have new new music, this new body of work. Yeah, they all do great, great shit together. Like, really timeless pieces. And that's what I fucking love about them. Shout out to whoever's doing Xavier Omar's graphics too because his mm. shit is always bomb. I mm-hmm. love like the the approach. Yeah. It always looks good. Yeah, real poetic. And he's on tour, right? Or am I is tripping? He, on, he might be on tour. I feel like he is. He and maybe might, it's he over. Be, he just ought to be. Y'all right. go look up Xavier Omar, listen to the music and see if he's on the road. And if he's on the road, buy a ticket. Don't hesitate. He will give you a great show. We saw him at Afropunk a couple years ago. That was fucking lit. And um, he was he literally the only show. reason yep. I went. Yeah, and he performed at our DC show. Yep. What was that Which, last year? Uh, was it last year or the year before? Because that's when Maybe the it year was before. him and Old Girl. 
Oh, girl, you mean his wife. Oh, yeah, his wife now. Excuse me. Exactly. Excuse me. Put some a ring on, on it. Okay. They did the double ring thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my claim to fame. They fell in love at our show. <laughs> <laughs> you better have a piece of it. You're going to randomly we be like, We were there. You're going to be at an anniversary. Well, you know, it wouldn't be all these years if it wasn't for us. No, I'm just playing. Shout that out was to Xavier great. Omar. Yeah, that would only ex- happen to Xavier Omar. He's such a love bird. <laughs> Right? I love that. That's dope. I still want my Austin 316 shirt. You know I wonder what I'm talking if I'm about. a love bird in the mm. poetic sense. Because <laughs> I'm a bird and I like love. Oh, my God. In all different forms, too. So it, does that mean I'm a love bird? Sunday drive the boat. In, in the poetic sense. Chirp, chirp. Moving right along, it is November now by the time you'll be listening to this, but that does not mean that Waptober has gotten old. Gucci Mane dropped Waptober 2. <laughs> I love me some Gucci. It won't be November. They're listening to this today. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) I mean, they are. Well, I mean, shit. It'll be November for some of y'all if y'all get to it late. (laughs) But for those y'all that are on time, y'all still got some time left in Waptober. Okay? Right. So make sure you check out Gucci Mane's Waptober. He's got features from Megan Thee Stallion, Kodak Black, Pee Wee Longway, OJ the Juice Man, you know, Kevin Gates, people he's been working with, new people, all sorts of cool shit. Please check him out. listen? Yes. My shit is big. Big, big boy, boy diamonds. diamonds. Ooh, I change by the climate. Ah! <laughs> okay. As soon as that shit This is going to be about. I'm going to just play this. I'm so glad you Who's saying that part? Uh, Kodak Black. Nice. But he's oh, well, not, about, well, not that part. I'm sorry. He's rapping about. Part. Oh, who's saying that part? <laughs> it sounds like. Um, Could you imagine Kodak Black singing that part? Who does it sound like it's singing that part? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kodak Black sound okay. like somebody got a paper uh, clothespin <laughs> on his teeth, top teeth, and not lip. on his teeth. <laughs> and just put it up, big one. Yeah, diamonds. like his braces was messed up. <laughs> Never mind. That okay, I'm gonna play. He got rotten braces. How the metal rotten <laughs> on your braces? This is Big Boy Diamonds. <laughs> Did you hear what he was rapping about on the song? Yes, stank like a fart. Then he shit. Yeah, when he talking about uh, uh, like the Yuhu. I was, I was uh, being Whoever furious. smelt it, they dealt it. Yeah. <laughs> I played it for Fury. That was his verse. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> I that it shit. sounds ridiculous out of context. But the song but the is The way fire. he was riding it and saying that shit. Because when I was listening back, I was like, this is some dumb shit. Like, he was like, boo-boo and a yoo-hoo. But the way. All right. <laughs> when I played it for Fury, he going to say, that's Kodak Black. I was like, yeah, but he will be rapping about fire and shit. <laughs> 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 he really <was. laughs> Okay, now I'm about to play a clip. But the song the jam, though. <laughs> All right, here we, here, we, here we go. Oh, shit. That big boy step on that step. All my steps calculated on that step, nigga. Remember that. I'm the one that stepping, nigga. I'm a step. One thing about I'm me. in London. Got my beef Big boy diamond. Ice on me changing the climate. She like the way I be vibing. This ain't a girl. Ice on my teeth. Yeah, it's permanent. Bought a new gun and I dirty it. I'm a burglar and a murderer. Try me. I'm a burglar and a murderer. Try me. Big boy diamond. Ice on me changing the climate. She like the way I be vibing. Big boy diamond. Be down your lady vagina. Rocking the latest designer. Pull out like abracadabra. Boo-hoo. Pull right back up in the jab with voodoo. Milking these bitches like you. Shit on these niggas. I doodle, I like water. So yeah, that was Kodak Black on Gucci Mane. Says not him singing that. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's that's why I busted out laughing. <laughs> I was like, oh, friend, I'm so sorry. That's not that did not answer your question. Kodak Black's water is definitely still brown. Mm. <laughs> Boo hoo. Anyway, the water ain't clear yet, Kodak. <laughs> and it's, 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 now, his water will never be. Be clear. quiet. <laughs> so many layers in that joke. I can't take it. 
along with uh, the songs that have I've not been able or projects I haven't made it all the way through. Um, Brahana is an artist I've talked about here on the past. Uh, he dropped a song a while back called uh, Miss Hubert, or it was called Janet, but it was Ooh, about is the artist Brahana. I thought that was a restaurant with a hibachi. <laughs> That's Benny's. That's oh, Benny's Hannah's. Hey, they some kids. We used to go to Benny's Hannah's. <laughs> First of all, you know how black people always say something. Benny's Hannah's. Like, like the Tarjay. We, we used to go to the Benny's Hannah's when we had some money. <laughs> That's what you call it. The, ben, the Hannah of Benny's. <laughs> okay. Like, y'all going to Benny's Hannah's? Hmm. Anyway, uh, Burr Hannah, it's B-E-R-H-A-N-A. He dropped a song a while back called Janet, and it was ba- it was talking about um, colorism and all that stuff. And you know, it was, Janet was Mrs. Hubert from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Black so shady. <laughs> it was actually a really dope song in concept, and she tweeted him like when it happened. Was like, oh, I love it, blah blah blah. So it was really cool. What an accomplishment! Cause she right? don't like nothing. Right? Yeah, I thought she was about to get thing piece down and shut down. You know, She's... she don't mind cussing your ass out either. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, she would have she would have hopped on twit a twit vid so fast. Let me tell you something. Not a twit vid. Damn song. <laughs> Missed opportunity in wrong segment. She should have been on Hollywood Divas. Anyway, ooh, ooh, I'm telling you. Now, look, look, Paula J. Parker. Now check that. Is that show still a thing? No, <laughs> and it should be. I don't know why. I was rewatching it last night, actually, so I typed this in on purpose. Where did you find it? On YouTube. One mm-hmm. of them on YouTube. It was the uh, season two, that first episode, mm-hmm. and then Countess and them was talking about, uh, oh, Malika was on the time. I met you when I was younger, and you were mean to me, but, you know, it was just one of those days, and Countess was like, I was probably just yeah. having a day. I, I don't really remember. John has hit her with the side to this woman. I remember yes, that real yes. fast. Like I don't. I mean, yes. she didn't care. I'm, I'm just telling. You. But uh, anyway, dialing all the way back because I can tangent all day. Brahana dropped his project. It's called Han H A N. Uh, go check him out. I just really think he's a really dope kid. He's making music that is completely different to what you're hearing now. He's not trying to fit in any boxes, but he's not trying to be a weirdo. Like if that make if any of that makes sense, because I feel like too many people do too much of the same thing. Which is cool. If people are good at it, then stick with what you're doing. But he's actually good at making like the music who? he makes. Like, make too Same much of the same thing? Keep it on the playground. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm keeping it on the playground, okay? And here's the play-by-play. Uh, so, yes, that should pretty much do it for music, I feel like. You should all be listening to Frank Ocean Drop, DHL, which I did listen to and I'm fucking with. Always looking for new little pieces of gems from him. And... I cannot believe I did not say this, but Cash Doll dropped Stacked, which Dustin had been telling us about before it got put out. And now that it's out, Dustin, oh, nice. I would love to, you know, just talk a little bit about Stacked with you yes. and how much I'm loving it and how much I can't wait for Cash Doll to be, you know, put up on the pedestal she deserves and spotlight it accordingly. I see she's been doing her media runs, looking great, talking great lessons to people. Cash Doll's been doing really great work out here in the industry, I must say. The story of perseverance and resilience and amazingness, I could go on. But I want you to, you know, just give me a little bit of something about it because I've been listening with you in mind and spirit and body and soul. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> like Anita Baker, body and soul. <laughs> Every day is good. <laughs> now, Cash Doll's album is so comprehensive. What a comprehensive body of work. Man, the range that's shown in this album, the subject matters and the content, the subject matter and the content, okay? There you go. Baby <laughs> Junior is even on the album. You know what I'm saying? Um, it starts off, the album opens with KD Diary, an autobiographical song with a lot of passion. Think in the vein of like Dreams and Nightmares or Get Up 10. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of them songs y'all know I love, a crescendo rap song. Mm-hmm. So I was already you know. hooked. 
Um, there are so many different flows that Cash Out presented on this album. And one thing I love is that I can tell that was an intention on her behalf to, to really showcase a range in her ability when it comes to flows and different ones because on every song on this album, she switches her flow up on the second verse. Mm-hmm. Every single song. So that, to me, this is a this is a rapper's album. You know what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. album is for people who love rap music. Some of the beats are, are, are soft and just vibey, and I love that. I love No Lames with Summer Walker. Yes. I love um, the song with Tiana Taylor. Yes. I, I've had sex to the song by, with her and Trey Songs, which is amazing. On site. Um, yeah, and that, hey. Uh, <laughs> It's just a great album. I love So Amazing. There's songs on there that when you need to get dressed or when you're going out to have a good time, they're perfect for that. When you're at yes. home and your thoughts, they're perfect for that. When you're cleaning up, it's perfect for that. Um, she's a an artist who is all about uplifting other women. She refuses to beef. There's been a lot of people who threw some shit her way this week mm-hmm. in the release of her album. She ignored it all. Her performance on The Real, which shout out to Republic Records because they have really been putting a big push behind mm-hmm. her and they've been doing her right. She did press in GQ, L, yes. um, all of the talk shows, all of the media outlets. So Cash Doll is here. She's a real thing. And I've watched this from inception to where we are now. Yep. And it's just been such a joy to see her progress into a really um, well-rounded recording artist. So I'm so proud of Cash Doll. I love her. Um, I always will. She's so beautiful. And you agree. Absolutely. That's it. I will never forget. Stacked. I'll never forget the video you showed me of her way back in the day performing at, in the school parking lot on oh, top of the shit and all the kids knew the fucking words. And this is before she that had so cute. like national attention. You like, know the story behind that? No, please. She was so she was gonna perform at Cast Tech, which is a, a really um well respected high school in Detroit, mm-hmm. right? Um, you have to test in that type of joint. So she was gonna perform there and the school told her no, she couldn't perform. And so she literally Wait, pulled after up they outside. booked her, they mm-hmm. then reneged. She wow. could not perform there. That's strange. So she pulled up outside the school, <laughs> stood on top of the car, ah. turned the music up loud, and all the kids like swarmed the car. And that's what yes. she did. A moment. She's that's always amazing. had a connection with her fans because she was in a really bad recording contract. And it stopped her from being able to release music. They would snatch anything she put up down. So her connection to her audience, her connection to her fans, her social media accounts, those have been the things that have kept her career having momentum, which is also why this is such a full circle seeing her album be released. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's always been smart and strategic about making sure she stay connected to her audience. Yes. And that's what's kept her afloat, in addition to being just a great artist overall. So. Yes. Shout out to KD. Shout out to KD. Had to spotlight KD, no her. Five. <laughs> I can't wait to listen. Yes, please check her out. It's called Stacked, friend. Don't that make you feel like you look good? It does. <laughs> and there's some songs that's going to make you feel good on there, too. <laughs> All right, so that's it for me and my listens lately. Oh, well, it's honorable mention, Guap Dad 4000. If you're into that type of hip-hop, Guap Dad, Guap Dad 4000 has dropped his project, and it goes off. It's a little... A little ratchet, so I don't know if I should share that. So I'm going to just keep it passing until I find a song that I feel like I want to share with you all. Now, with that said, I want to hear what you guys have been listening to lately. So, Dustin, I would like to start with you. What have you been listening to lately? Cast Dial Stacked. (laughs) Pick a song for us. Fuck that. Katie Diary. You want to play a clip of it? Nope. I'm going to make people listen to it. But what I will play for y'all 
is the one song that I have also been listening to that I can't stop. So to answer my question. This ain't from Cash Style. Okay. <laughs> this is a... Um, my initial question. It's a classic, <laughs> right? Um, and I don't know. I've just been having a connection to this song lately. And it's just the vocal is so beautiful. I don't know. Y'all just tell me what y'all think. I think y'all know it, though. I've got another confession to make. Could have let wow. it keep going. Best, best, well, that wasn't expected. <laughs> I have been stuck on Best of You by the Foo Fighters. One forever. of my favorite songs of all time. It's Fran. It's literally on my list. That passion, the passion that has, mm-hmm. the power that has. That, that Timeless shit, record. Oh, my God. And Foo I would Fighters love for Fantasia to cover it in a yes. lot of oh, Wow, I hear it. Yes. skate on that. Easy. Easy. I hear it. Wow. Can't you Easy. See it? Yeah, I hear it. You know how she turn around from the mic. The back, the back. <laughs> she throws her shoes. That song though, okay. but, but shout out to the Foo Fighters. Yes. Shout, they are to me when it comes to a vocal performance, especially in rock music. That's a part of rock music that's so often overlooked because mm-hmm. you get caught up in the guitars and the production. Mm. But there are some motherfucking vocalists oh, yes. in rock music. Don't maybe oh, get started yeah. on no Nickelback. Ooh. Okay, don't make me get started. <laughs> I, uh, 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 what's the other? Uh, Your incubus, favorite, the verb. The oh my god, cause there's a no change. I can't change. I won't change. <laughs> and I'm here in my mode. I am here in my mode. What's next, friend? We need to do another white radio episode. We should, cause I got a little confession to make. Okay, <laughs> but that's it. Best of you by the Foo Fighters. That was All good. Right. What about you, Fran? What you been listening to lately? So my fave, Alex Isley, dropped yeah. a new song. It's called Think of Me, and it's apparently it's featuring Jack Dine, but no one's on it, so I'm thinking he's on production. And this is how it goes. She will. does it to me every time. I really suggest people follow her on Instagram. I think it's just love Alex Isley. She does these one minute acapellas, mm-hmm. but she, with her voice, does all the instruments. Mm. Mm. So she, you know, the app where yeah. it's like the different parts. She does the instruments, the backgrounds, percussion, the lead vocal. I mean, she gives you a breakdown of all these wonderful records. She usually focuses on classics. Um, on top of you know her own songs, it's just a treat. She call I think it's like I forgot what she calls it. One minute something, but definitely follow 60 her. Sixty second Mondays. There we go. Sixty second Mondays. 
it's such a treat. Literally the sweetest way to start the week. I look, she's probably one of my favorite follows on Instagram. Y'all okay. heard her last name, so that's all I got to say. Exactly. Okay. The you end. better recognize, okay? <laughs> that's it for me. All right. Well, to close out the Music Man segment, I want to, it'll actually kind of segue. I want to tell you all that uh, one of my favorite things has happened, and now it's come to an end, and it was a musical competition show by the name of Rhythm and Flow. It hey. was... Uh, Netflix's first season It already seems like They might be getting A second one You never know what happens But anyway uh, I wanted to just Shout the show out Because it was really Really dope I loved watching it And I suggest people That haven't checked it out That want to check it out Check it out um, Because And the only reason I'm talking about it here Because I've kind of Talked about it later on this course And didn't care about it anymore But I find myself Going back to rewatch Some of the people's Performances in part so, They were really good Yeah so that made me think to myself, well, damn, maybe I should, you know, talk about this a little bit more because, and I'm not saying that I just didn't want to, but the people were talented on there. And I like the fact that they used people, um, some of the people that you might have been familiar with. Um, spoiler alerts, if you haven't watched it, I'm going to talk a little bit about it uh, with you not in mind. So <laughs> Cakes the Killer was on there. Um, Sasha Gohard was on there. Like names that you're kind of familiar with, but, you, you know, they never really like popped, if you That's will. Dope. Um, there was a guy on there named Old Man Saxon. I hadn't heard of him, but I went back and looked at some of his older stuff, and he had, like, millions of views on some of his older videos. Mm, nice. So I thought it was dope that they had talent that was either, you know, established or had been working, and then they had, like, brand-new green people because they had, like, 18-year-olds that was, like, you know, working on their uh, college essays and stuff on the show. But I thought it was dope because they did give you a little bit of everybody's sob stories, which I don't care about, but, you know, you get to have that personal <laughs> I mean, stuff. that's usually the sell with yeah, those Yeah, you know, shows. that's always the sell. I don't really care about that Trauma part. Point. Here's what my you music. sound like. <laughs> right. It will fuck about none of that shit. Right. <laughs> but I will say, for some of the people, it did kind of endear you to some of their performances. Mm -hmm. So just to ruin that's this. That's the setup. That's the get you gotcha. But in, <laughs> you know in the I'm sense saying? of, <laughs> right. But in the sense of they used, uh, they used that emotion in such powerful ways that people were able to, like, see it and it wasn't like a gimmick. So uh, What happened? Somebody had two nipples on one titty. No. I don't wow. know oh why life, you, you went all the way over there. <laughs> you know, someone sent me an email and they, it said like, the subject line said matchmaker. And I clicked it. I was like, what? And it was like, Fran, <laughs> the winner of Rhythm and Flow is your soulmate. But have you seen him? And I was like, what? Because have I haven't watched. Him? So of course I like look oh up my to God. see and I'm, and, and This is funny for a and few different weeks. I died because it serves brother. I, I, friend, when I tell you. I was like, why does this man look like sir? And then I was, it's like, oh, it's sir's brother. And what's funny is I had watched not knowing so that's, that's who that was. that's funny for so many reasons because y'all know I love sir. What's his name? Dear? Dear sir. Look, Close. Cl uh, D Smoke. Think he me. <laughs> but he's very talented. Super talented. I don't know what happened on the show that makes... Someone think that that's my soulmate, but maybe I'll watch. You know what? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a just, Out of, you know, curious. I don't know if this is what what it was, but I'm going to just give you, like, when people ask me about D-Smoke, I'm going to just tell you what, like, I tell them. They're like, oh, you know, what do you think of D-Smoke? Or like, who is he? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, he's some teacher. and He won the competition and he he gave all that money away to his community. Like, oh, wow. that, that kind of nigga. Like, not. He a teacher? Mm-hmm. Mr. Smoke. Mr. He Sm gave the money away to his like community? He, he used it back he used it gave it back to his community like wow he didn't use it and say I'm I locked get it so one of the things about the show that I also like is that they just give you money it's not like you sign locked in you can't do shit for five years go nowhere right, like do a nothing three sixty deal yeah. with rhythm and flow and I think that was a uh, I forgot if it was like Ti or Chance or somebody I was watching but that was what they're kind of they're drawn to doing the show because it was Ti like, on the breakfast yeah club. yeah exactly it yes it mm -hmm. absolutely it was the breakfast club mm -hmm. interview because I was watching for that Iggy Shay um <laughs> so yeah I really 
like the fact that the artists that they chose, like T.I., Chance, and Cardi B, they were all, like, very open to the, the process. And they weren't haters. Like, Chance... He was very firm with people. He be getting on my nerves. He got on my nerves. I'm just too. gonna say. Why? Yeah. What was his? Not on the show, just in general. Oh, okay. <laughs> he be getting on my nerves with his uh, cartoon tiger face ass. He looked like a like you ever you know when Don't little kids have the animals. People say we look alike. You know <laughs> from that shit. one angle. You know how little kids have like they have the little cartoon animals for like babies and stuff. He looked just like the like the cat or the tiger <laughs> one. Little nigga look he was like a so animal. I heard he's like the Simon Cowell. Yep. He's, so he's the Simon Cowell. I wish he would get smart with me. Cardi is definitely a Paula because she's real bubbly, but she, yeah, no, she's actually really Paula. Yep, they all, they all fit. Yeah. They and absolutely T.I. All fit. is Randy. He, he absolutely is. They absolutely. That's a no for me, dog. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> Brilliant. Because that's exactly, because look, and then T.I. be like, well, expeditiously, because you know, that's the name oh of his show. So he'd be throwing that shit out there. But uh, yeah, they're all cast perfectly. I like that they share their perspectives as um, from them as artists and what they've experienced. Like Cardi will tell a, a girl, and I hate ruining the show, but fuck y'all, y'all need to watch it. I it's mean, up it's there. been out. They, tri- they, they trickled yeah. it out, and which I actually really liked how they did that because the first week was like the auditions, the next week was like the challenges, and then the week after that was like the finals. So it was like oh, that's en- kind of cool. Yeah, and it was enough content each week. Like if it was like y'all gonna give me three episodes and then one episode each week after that, what the fuck are you doing? But they were like, all right, here's three. Now go to work. Here's three more. Now go to work. Here's three more. All right, we done. Like I was like, all right, I guess I could do that. But um, I like the fact that they shared their perspectives. Like Cardi, once a young lady was getting kicked off her attitude, Cardi was very much of the fact like, you know, people, th- whether you're wrong or they're right, they're going to look at you and say you're wrong. And that's a lesson I had to learn too. But the girl actually really was wrong because she was bucking up in the other room. And then Chance walked up and she tried to be cool, but was still kind of sizing him up a little bit. Shout out to Big Mouth, Mouth Bo out in Chicago. Who? She was Big Mouth big, what? Big Mouth Bo. Big Mouth Bo. Yes, she was, un- she was in the game. And she then- a blues singer? <laughs> she's a rapper. She so might should be a juke. You know what? She should be a blues singer because wow. her her song. They had a video music video challenge, and the song that she made, she was like, "I'm just a bill sitting on Capitol Hill," and it was like, mm, "Sorry, Schoolhouse Rock is not rocking with this one." And she went home that same week. So I'm like outhouse rock, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Please check out Rhythm did and Flow. He did. He absolutely did. <laughs> and it was perfect. It was, house, right? it was more than on well, the money. Out there with Kodak oh. Black. Shit, and I fought it. <laughs> <laughs> Please check out Rhythm and Flow. Um, I thought it was really dope that they used, you know, mainstream producers for today. It felt like they had a really good budget. And then they, the way that they did all their eliminations was perfect. They picked like a ton of people. Oh, and really randomly, Justice for Kaylee Crossfire. She was an artist from Wisconsin that they didn't take, but I felt like she had really dope bars and good potential. Uh, great potential, excuse me, because I really did believe in her. She sounded like a picket sign. That's her name? Justice for Kelly Kapowski. No. <laughs> Are you name? saying Kaylee? justice for her, or is her Just, name justice her, so, for oh, Kaylee? Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you for this opportunity to uh, you know, <laughs> clear things with the press. Her name is Kaylee Crossfire. Oh. And I was saying justice for her because they for didn't her pick not her. Winning, got it. Well, not even, she didn't even make it to L.A., which I thought was fucked up. Or no, she made it to L.A., and then like they did ciphers so here's what here i'm gonna just give you the overview so they did auditioned audition 100 200 million people whatever then they uh chose like 32 sent them to la from that 32 they did like these ciphers or maybe yeah, it was 32 from 32 they did ciphers in like groups of like four or five and then from there they narrowed down who they wanted then they did uh rap battles against each other and then that eliminated the other half and then from there oh, they I like get this is all rap yeah, it's all rap. I would totally that forgot part. that. It's all rap. So I was like, wait a minute. And one thing I hated was a lot of the rappers came out just rapping fast, thinking that, that was going to get them there. And I was like, no, just just rap. We don't even know what the fuck you're saying. Right. But 
I have to talk about the show because I look at the final, the, like the top final people they chose and how great they were. And I think to myself, damn, this is a good ass show because they actually chose some real people and not like a goofball here or there to kind of fill it up and have drama. It was really just about the music. So nice. I fucked with that. So that's my overview of Rhythm and Flow. Check it out on Netflix. It's all there since the whole thing is over. If you've already watched it, tell me your thoughts, I guess. And that's it for the Music Man segment. And we will segue into TV land. Dustin Ross, what have you been watching? Also, yes. to attach on to what you just come said. Come on, come on. Shout out to Scotty Bean, who yes, the hosted after sh- the after show, which is available oh, on that's Netflix. Right. Yeah. Congratulations. You look amazing. You're so uh, talented. Amazing. Like a goddess. And well deserved. Sitting up there, a whole ass Wilhelmina model. Right. Hosting that oh, damn show. Okay. And seeing her in a solo seat as a host because we saw her, we've seen her in so many other f- formats with co hosts. So seeing her as the host of that show, as it, was it just, should yeah, be. Yeah, she handled it. She she was <laughs> a pro. handled. So shout out to Scotty Bean. Well, shit, if next season she need like a bartender, you know, Andy be doing the bartender <laughs> in the back first. Like, shit, I'll be the bartender in the back with Scotty Bean. Be like, ah, ah. I'll just start <laughs> she need a bath water drinker. <laughs> i drink your bath water, girl. <laughs> shout out to Scotty Bean. <laughs> um, as far as TV is concerned, I'm just really tired of loving hip hop Hollywood. <laughs> I really tried, y'all. I tried to give it a go. They brought back Tierra Marie? She she just showed up and she's still on her same shit. Mm, they had a, and I've been so. wanting to see her win since forever. And I guess I'm just gonna still keep waiting in the wings, Damn. waiting on the world to change. Ooh. Waiting on hey, John Mayer. Waiting on her. But uh, I think what's mo- irritating me the most is that April Jones and not so much Fizz. I gotta put this where it goes, and it's in April's lap, right? Mm. Everybody knows the scandal behind her dating Lil Fizz. Everybody knows why that is something that is shocking or something that gives people pause. You know what I mean? And it's because her and Omarion were in a whole long-term relationship, have two children together, and Fizz and Omarion were bandmates. Mm. So what irritates me is instead of saying, like, yeah, you know, we're, we're just in love, like, it is what it is, we go together, like, I'm happy with him, whatever. First, they pulled this whole caper about them being... Um, best friends and then so once that came out that they really weren't then april was acting as if everybody else had a problem because they had some sort of i don't know because it was something for them to process um the fact that they were in a relate that, that her and fizz were in a relationship mm-hmm. stop acting like you don't understand why this is a shock to people mm-hmm. stop acting like people are fucked up for being like whoa or, or asking you questions or just bringing it up. She was, she, I don't even know how to articulate my irritation with her, but I can just tell you that I hate it when people act like you have a problem for acknowledging the significance of a circumstance. Mm-hmm. And then they act as if it's not a circumstance that will make people have uh, a change of emotion or whatever. They just act like, well, what do you mean? Or, well, yeah, I mean, he's been there for me. Well, well, I don't understand what people will say. Bitch, yes, you do. Both of y'all do. Right. And Fizz has never tried to really make excuses. He's always been like, this is our business. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, right. whatever. Um, I don't like the way that they treat Monique. I would... I- I've never liked I the hate way that the, they treat I hate it. I hate it. Monique with the past person. Like, like she's a bad mother or like she's crazy or like she is the problematic person and she's not. From when you were talking one, about April just now, yeah. I, I hated when she tried to come in hot. And Monique wasn't even talking to her when they brought it up. And she was like, and no, I don't have to tell her anything. Monique Bitch. wasn't even on no confrontational that, shit. At she all. was like, yo, I'm fine with them being together. Like, whatever. People fall in love with who they fall in love with. Just keep it real with me. Right. And, and stop... 
putting my son in a position where he has to lie to me because they did make her son lie to her about them being in a relationship. He's like seven, oh. right? He's right. about seven, yep. eight years old. Um, like, you can do that bullshit to all the other people on the show, but, like, when it's the kids in the side and y'all are going to be in a relationship and you making the child feel uncomfortable, like, I can see why Monice is like, this is some bullshit. Especially when you have a person <laughs> who is like, I don't even care about the shocking nature of it all. I don't give a fuck who you date. Right. Just keep it real with me so that we can create a healthy system for this kid right. and keep it moving. Especially Monice since April is someone that, that Monice could get along with. Well, I mean, Monice is someone that April could get along there you with. Go, That's right what I there. meant to say. There Ooh, you go, right it there. made right all there. the difference. Just flip it up and reverse it. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, because it's April that's the problem. Yes. And I don't like people that don't take ownership of shit like that. Just own it. That's all you have to do. She should have learned from Fizz and just been like, mind your business or not say anything. But this whole line going back and forth and then trying to be all surprised and shocked. Yeah, and stop acting surprised that people get think this here. is a big deal. Like, I just, I'm over it. And then there's this whole messy angle of them of people having this information and who who's gonna tell it and who who i just don't like none of that i'm gonna start making a list they play a tv much. land segment and i'm just gonna call it things you don't care about and name them and see if you care about them okay you so want to start now uh, yes go mickey facts is that don't his care. name mickey no, monday mickey monday so, right mickey don't facts care. is what we care mickey about facts. that's the one we care about that's why i say his name he's on there Okay, so Mickey Monday is somebody you don't know, so I'm not going to look at you and be like, you know Mickey Monday, but he's dating. Even on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Back we go to with me. Slick Woods. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And she Slick Woods is on the show? She be popping in and out, but she's not like a cast member. But she, she be on, on the there. Sometimes. And, and somebody tried to put her in some mess and it didn't work. Like Slick is she just... She looked at him like she too like, slick. She looked at the girl like she was crazy. Like, okay. She like, like she fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she gives you that real, like, I don't give a fuck about what you're talking about mm-hmm. until she don't. <laughs> like, I, feel, I can very much see that on Slick. Um, other things you don't care about. Britney B. Oh, my God. She is the most insufferable. Like, first of all, Homegirl is talented. That I won't take away from her. She's mm. contributed to so many different songs from yep. so many different artists that you never would even think of. So she has a skill in the studio, but her personality is what turns me completely yeah, off. Fucks it up. Um, she's a, she did the one the one thing that makes me hate people on Love & Hip Hop, which is come on the show seeking confrontation, mm-hmm. seeking problems, and then pursuing those confrontations with people who you know are a weaker opponent or people who you know aren't really going to give you that fire back. A prime example was when she started that shit with Lyrica outside of that event, and then Lyrica's Lyrica's best friend, friend, (laughs) who Britney really had the problem with, brought that shit to her front door, and Britney shut right down. Then the next week, you're right back in that seat trying to be extra extra aggressive and extra loud and extra um, confrontational with Lyrica. Well, where was all that with old girl? (laughs) And I just, I can't. And her, but but I will say, Britney and Zell's argument was, was one of hilarious. the funniest love hip arguments of all time, and I'm gonna tell you why. I think I talked about yeah, we this did, previously. but go ahead again because it was that it so funny. Funny was that <laughs> at this at this point, people know if you get loud and rowdy, there's security and cameramen everywhere, so there's only so so far that they'll let you go you right know, but to, before they come and shut it down and get all in the middle, and it becomes a lot of screaming and, and uh, a melee essentially. What these two motherfuckers did. Friend, they were sitting on couches like we are right now, and this is the tone that the argument was in. Well, I don't like you anyway, and look at your legs, they look a mess. And then they, they kept their going tone, at that time. They kept their tone down, and it was a straight up verbal spiral. And I was like, now this is the content that I She's signed like, up so for. So I don't have time for you cracking your jokes. Like, well, you're sitting over there, like, like, like I don't like zebras. Go ahead. She had on a black and white stripe, like, shirt. 
talking about, oh, I'm not your type, honey. He's like, yeah, you're not my type. I don't like deeper. Like, yeah. and what, and it also was funny. It was funny for that. Like they were calmly talking back and forth, and then Lyrica was mad at Zell sitting right next to him. Lyrica was but, in the middle of the two of them falling out laughing at the thing that Zell was saying. <laughs> Imagine being mad at someone, but you can't help but laugh when they get somebody else. <laughs> it was that good. Yes. All right, we can move on from Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. What Perfect. else you been watching? Uh, Married to Medicine. Oh yes, please. Yes. Yeah. Now, let me say this. I don't like the way that they've been editing quad scenes. I feel mm. like they're editing her as if they're trying to phase her out. Um, and this is episode eight. So the first seven episodes, I felt that way. As you all know, quad divorced her husband. Good and now she's a, she's a single woman on, on the cast of a show that's about being married to or connected to the medicine uh, community in Atlanta by marriage. So it's people who are either doctors or the wives of doctors or whatever. Well, she's single, and her husband was a psychiatrist. So now it's just quiet. But because she was a season one vet, there's a story there that needs to be told. We Mm want to know what happens after her divorce. We want to see what's coming up with quiet. Um, And I don't like the way they edited her the first seven episodes. Now, episode eight, and also in the mid-season trailer for what's to come, the edit was completely different. There was mm. much more commentary from Quad, much right. more confessional presence, yep. much more, um, a lot of the, the the scene about her birthday party, you know, we kind of got a chance to see her talk about her relationship with the ladies of Sister Circle, her relationship with the ladies of Married to Medicine, Dr. Heavenly's after show. Like Which no I have team. been watching. Do you see what I'm he saying now? Le- First of all, I w- shout out to Dr. Heavenly. Someone please send us an address. I would love to send her some friends on merch. I want her to clean my teeth. Friends well, well that's that too. Yeah, because on one of the after shows, she was like, yeah, somebody sent me this t-shirt. You know, I wear the stuff y'all send me. Mm-hmm. And on the other one, I saw she always wears her shirts. So I would like, you know, to go get my teeth clean and get one of her shirts. But I would love to watch her after show one day and see her in a friend zone shirt. Like, <laughs> it would just make my heart smile, gleam. If you her will. after shows just offer so much context, and I appreciate them. Um, but she <laughs> and she's a real version of her real already so. Real oh my self. god, yes. Um, and also, I think Heavenly is a good mother. Child, let me put my lip gloss on before y'all talk about yep, me. And by daughter, y'all, I mean my daughter. Her Allura. daughter, her daughter laid them lips to rest. <laughs> yeah. while. You want her? She was like, "You don't want your lips to look like mine." Her daughter was like, "Dry." <laughs> 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 I said, "Damn, she gonna roll her mama like that." <laughs> like, that's, that's her. That's her child. But Mary Medicine, and, and this is another example of people ignoring the elephant in the room. Mariah, you know damn well y'all accused Quiet of sleeping with your, your sister's husband, and you also know that 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 took place before we saw photos of Quiet in your in your wedding. All these things. So there was a very close friendship that remained after this incident that you say took place, which would have been the end of someone's relationship. Think about it. You fuck my sisters, you know, whatever. You're not, we're not going to be cool like that. You know what I mean? If that's what you did, but instead, I thought was hoeing together. Instead, right. See, (laughs) heavenly. Instead, they want to focus on quiet saying she saw Mariah do coke. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And 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 a hair test. Yeah. Pulling that hair out. First of all, Eugene, we don't care get no out of here. Right. There's, I know we just rambling, but people who know the show know what yes, we're talking about. Yes, we know you and know. I'm just over it. So that's it for the TV segment. All right. Well, now we get to a part of a story. And not just any story, because this is another story. <laughs> the next story picks up um, five years after where we first, where we last left off. Now, to catch you guys up, there is a story that we're telling about a group of guys who were at a nightclub and these friendships extended beyond the club and we're getting to know 
how these people know each other, right? And where we last left off, there were two best friends who were in the club, one of whom was engaging in conversation with a guy that he really thought was attractive. These is gays, so if you don't like that, get your <laughs> ass out of here. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh. Right, this ain't the place for you or your cheeks. Um, so that's where we left off, um, and now we're picking up five years later. So here we go. The last five years of my life have been my most defining years. If I walk past the version of me that existed five years ago, the only thing that we would share is a face. I feel different. I think different. I move different. I'm a totally different man. That's not to say I'm a good guy. That's not to say that I'm perfect. That's not even to say that I haven't made mistakes that still haunt me to this day. That's simply to say that the person I once was, I no longer am. Life taught me the importance of fulfillment, and I just wish I didn't have to learn that the hard way. These days, I live, and I do so in the most robust of ways. Every single day, my goal is to dig as deeply into myself as I can so that I can rebuild on the way back up. Self-awareness, repair, and renewal every day. I can be sure that I'm trying my best to be my best. I can also be sure that I'm presenting myself to my loved ones drenched in fairness and compassion. Be sure that I'm challenging myself professionally. These are the things that are important to me. Anyway, I'm sorry for rambling. It's morning, and this usually happens to me every day when I wake up. My thoughts just race and race. I tossed on some basketball shorts and went downstairs into my kitchen like I do every morning. I opened my refrigerator door to get some orange juice, and after I had finished drinking out the container, I placed it back on the shelf and then closed the refrigerator door. As soon as I turned around, there he was, down on the floor, on his knees, looking up at me. He knows this shit drives me crazy in the worst way. (laughs) Get up, baby, I said, chuckling. He shook his head, no. Corey, I said, and all he said was, Anthony, So now, people, Corey and Anthony, who were best friends in the first part of the story, five years later, are in a relationship. And we're going to figure out how that took place. Let's explore friends that start fucking. Oh, my God. That's the next part of this story. And we're going to pick that back up next week. Thanks for tuning in, hoes. As always, we love you so much. Thank you for listening. And we will catch you next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 